Hey everybody and welcome to episode 533 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Justin Allen Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Oh god, Michael. <laughs> Infamous prototype Chris Antista. And... Wow. Uh, <laughs> that was off-putting. That was an off-putting intro. I'm just just plain old Matthew Allen this week. That was a good one. And special guest. It's the happiest mailman in Michigan, Ryan Thomas Herrig, back again to talk Vigigames games with my boys. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. And uh, where can people hear more of you? If you have a podcast app that you like, search nope. ZanZZ Podcast, and you can hear me and Michael talking about presidential family members like Alice Roosevelt, yeah. the crazy freewheeling trendsetter of 1902 i think we actually discussed what a 1902 orgy would be like but you're gonna have to listen to it to find Gross. out <laughs> like nobody <laughs> trims their pubic exactly oh, like, I, had, I thought of a name for yourself okay ready here's right, here's my name cheech and chong gummy salesman matthew allen because uh, we all know they have not been buying any of the advertisements on twitter <laughs> How big is their Twitter ad budget? It's the entire Twitter ad. Every Twitter ad I see now is for Cheech and Chong gummies. It's and not I'm like still Twitter not has a lot work. of people buying their inventory. I was right going to say, I think it's a lack of inventory. I was. I'm just surprised it's not all dick pills and you know and, CBD. Yeah, it's mostly NFTs and my pillows. There we go. Oh no, no. Here's the irony. Someone posted that they're like, yeah, uh, Cheech and Chong are going to be the my pillow of Twitter. Chong responded like, as if, man. The company promoted his response wow. to that tweet. That's wow. how aware they are that they're buying too many ads. I it's can't terrible. Believe, uh, usually, t- Tommy was the head shop guy, and Cheech still had a thriving career. All right, I hope I hope mm-hmm. Mr. Marin's okay. But please do visit the Mexican Art Museum in Riverside, California. Hell yeah. that Cheech funded. Because, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I love that his name is Cheech. You feel racist every time you say it. <laughs> kind of. Well, really Cheech. if you're listening to this show on July 21st, that means you're listening to us instead of going to see Barbie or Oppenheimer or Barbenheimer, or you're listening to us at the movie theater, which is weird. Frankly, you shouldn't do that. You're not getting don't your money's that. worth. I, I, no. I don't know if they... If that's illegal, but I remember, was it, wasn't it Kevin Smith? He released a commentary for one of his movies when it was still in theaters, and theater owners like, dude, don't ask people to bring in listening to any kind of electronic into the fucking movie theater. Are you nuts? Hmm. Like, all we yeah, do is nobody's tell people bringing their phones in or nothing. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, but there's, there's, it's the only place where you have, other than an airplane, where you have, like, shut it off. Mm-hmm. And if you're in an <laughs> Alamo draft house, they'll come and swat it out of your hands. Yeah, I'll just pull out my AirPods like, you're not allowed. You have to pay attention <laughs> to the movie for which you paid. And I, I'm shocked by how, like, yeah. disruptive it actually is because most, there's, look, infinite faith in young people. Proud of your Grimace Shake stuff. But mm-hmm. when you when you light up the whole aisle with your phone when there's 40 minutes left, man, I want to yeah. hit you. Oh, man, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the reason we're bringing that up is not just because we're film aficionados, but because it's inspired this week's theme, which actually came to us from a friend of the show, Dave. Diamond Dog. Thank you, Dave. Dave the Diver? Yeah, uh, Yes, Dave the Diver. He's uh, swimming by day, sushiing by night. Sentient now. <laughs> yeah. He contacts us. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Now, he, uh, he uh, Diamond Dog came up with the idea of, yeah, why not? 
do like dueling release dates, like yeah. games that came out on the same day that are like both really big or really weird. And I kind of, I kind of went for a mixture of both yeah. in putting together this top five. Like, well, because man, those those two gigantic games came out on the same day, and they both somehow had a huge cultural impact. Or yeah, man, this thing really got stomped, didn't it? Yeah, because because yeah. what we're looking at with. E- the situation with Barbenheimer, it is we do we talk about it in thirty twenty ten all the time. The Matrix Reloaded came out, so they released mm-hmm. alongside it, uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, Renee Zellweger in Pillow Talk, the nineteen uh, sixties pil- like a uh, pillow comedy throwback to Rock mm, Hudson yes. movies because like it's counter programming. Everyone's gonna go see this, we know, but everybody who doesn't want to see this is going to see this. Something and, for grandma. But it, but that's what's awesome about this. In a, a, a sea of like just cultural weirdness, everyone's decided to make an event out of an act of counter programming. Mm-hmm. Fuck you! Mm-hmm. I'm gonna see both. <laughs> and, yes. and and I I don't know that there's nothing the studios could do. Uh, we support our uh, unions, actors, and writers on strike. Blah blah blah. Uh, but they, I don't think they could ever do this inorganically. You, they could never promote a counter. I like. Does, uh, sorry, is there not a side of you that thinks like, oh, other movies are going to try this? Hey, look, come see our shitty little sound of prayer movie because we're going up against <laughs> Captain America four. Like, no, we. That's not going to work. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to see another studio trying to actively promote something like Barbenheimer, but I think they might try. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think they've been they've been a little bit resistant. Like I think Christopher Nolan went on record saying he didn't like that the movie was being <laughs> released at the same time, but like, dude, that sold at least at last count, which was I think a couple weeks ago, another like twenty thousand ticket sales. Yeah. People that are going to see both on the same day. I don't I, think I, Christopher Nolan cares about that. I mentioned it before. I think the last time I came on that I had counteracted the Last of Us show with Milf Manor, and <laughs> it's nice to get a va- a good, you know, like Oppenheimer, obviously totally. like a three hour movie, dense for history dads type, dad for noon type movie. I'm sure, mm. and then you get like the the fun poppy Greta Gerwig Barbie. It seems like a perfect. Yeah. Kind of let down after, a, or a pickup after. A, yeah, yeah. It 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 seems like yeah that uh, nice little um, a, a chaser, right? It's like mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I need something to bring to pick me up after that movie about nuclear annihilation. Yeah, it's also mm-hmm. interesting. I guess they debut they're debuting on the same day. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter with two Wikipedia entries. Uh, Barbie debuted at the New York Toy Show. On the same day in 1945, I think either July 10th or July 16th, oh, no. that the uh, oh, no. there there was an atomic bomb test in mm. uh, Nevada, New Mexico. I'm blanking. It's like the I first atomic bomb test coincided with Barbie being wow. introduced. If so, if we were right wing nuts, conspiracy nuts, we would see causation everywhere there's just happenstance True. correlation and would would say mm-hmm. no there is a the vast conspiracy barbie is the reason we have nuclear weapons right mm-hmm. that that has to let's, follow that's that's let's good just logic. say they're both big in japan jesus christ jesus dude, dude. <laughs> sorry what word big oh wow okay <laughs> well we've got we've got a lot to talk about we that was we, chris we played a bunch of yeah yeah that was me who flying the enola gay Come on, I didn't do that shit. I don't support those war crimes. Don't fly the Enola gay. I do not 
hold with that. That is rude. I'm just interested in this movie Chris proposed, uh, The Sound of Prayer. It sounds like a real winner. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of the movie. <laughs> it's Ra- good, though. Raid child LA traffickers and, and, and just, with you know, Jesus. Wait, were you kicked down the door and the Sound of Freedom fall to their is, knees? Was that- Yes, I was. Were you just thinking because everyone promoting Sound of Freedom is like evangelical, so yes. it became the sound mm-hmm. of prayer in your evangelical mind? Evangelical is it. The, the first conspiracy theorist. Oh, that's sure. true. <laughs> Transformers Exodus. You could combine a bunch of stuff. It's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That'd be great. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, we've got a, we've got a lot to get into in the show. We uh, Exoprimal came out. We played some of that. Jagged Alliance, a bunch of other neat things. But first off, let's dig in with our top five, beginning with... Number five! A bunch of lords and lordlings took a ride to then pompously stride on top of the walls, while the real army fought and died below them in the shit and piss-filled streets. You left-wing-leaning parasite. You expect me to sit here and listen to your drivel? (laughs) I, I wasn't so, getting it at first, and it just took that one noise. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, May 17th, 2011, what two games came out on the same day? So, I, I know this, just because I, not that I had to fight for it, but I was like, this should be here. Mm-hmm. Because one game, we were, re- like, personally, with all of my friends, and we all worked at the same place, we were all paying attention to. The other yes. would become... One of the biggest franchises of the decade, almost, or maybe the next decade. Uh, yep. it, it, we were all talking about L.A. Noir. Mm-hmm. Back, back, kids, back in the day, Rockstar released more than one game per console per decade. <laughs> per decade, and L.A. Noir, the the like initially announced as like a well, the trailer was black and white. A PS3 ex- hinted at being a PS3 exclusive. Mm-hmm. Tons of uh, uh, development problems. The the history that I know, they came in at the last minute and salvaged it, but put that Rockstar stank behind it. Man, if you like GTA and Red Dead, L.A.N.R. is going to blow your skirt up. Meanwhile, on the P- PC only, two of our uh, two of our coworkers and friends mm-hmm. were like, like cue that like Daffy Duck entrance me. Guys, you should try The Witcher. Nope. <laughs> like uh, The Witcher Two. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it, one it, of our coworkers said, it's like, this is the first real next gen game. And I'm like, next gen, that's years away. Uh, yeah. But no, he was kind of right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Well, they, and they, they, were, they came and, to and console Ty- eventually, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But Tyler Nagata was pushing it too. And, um, if I think if you were a PC player or a fan of the books, because I don't mm-hmm. remember the original Witcher making a huge splash but pc gamers were well aware of what cd yeah. project red was doing with the witcher 2 and it you know just kind of floated past us because we were blinded by the glow of la noir and i'm telling i'm saying in hindsight we were fucking wrong because mm-hmm. la noir is stupid as shit and <laughs> no. it's aged both are good games it's aged very strangely i mean la noir it's easy to forget like the whole idea of facial mapping and facial capture in a yeah, game had yeah. not really been done up to that point. We right. were used to like stiff facial animations where maybe maybe characters would just open and close their mouths. But yeah, Alien Noir was like actual captured performances with actors with cameras pointed at their faces. It had like half the cast of Mad Men, and yep. uh, yeah, and, and, and a, a full like a very well created not one one but like. 
Los Angeles. In yeah, downtown Los Angeles, circa downtown the 40s. Downtown Los Angeles. But there was, there was a gameplay point to that facial capture, which was the idea yeah. that the gameplay revolves around reading expressions to try and guess if characters are lying or telling the truth. And for the most part, that turned out to be not great. That wasn't fun. It didn't it work. It was kind of yeah. hard to predict. Yeah, like... I, I think they, they've renamed those mechanics in later releases because mm-hmm. doubt lie yeah because like what does that mean at all and like and my memories of playing it and we're i love that we have a podcast record of us being infatuated by this game for like three fucking weeks instead of playing the witcher 2 which was changing Mm -hmm. literally like changing the game over on pc it it did require like a higher end pc um i i remember here's a dumb memory we had just started streaming games at uh Mm -hmm. games radar and it was the first PC game we ever streamed, and it was ridiculously hard because if you remember, our video room, they like bought a shitload of like weird Macs to like make all the video production. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. couldn't play The Witcher on the computer, our video computers. No, they, so, could, they would not give us gaming PCs. Those yeah. are for PC gamer only. And they were right down the hall, but we had to like drag this PC in. Like, do we want to do this on Ustream <laughs> or do oh, we Jesus. do it? Yeah, yeah. Like it was like back then. Uh, do we want to do this on Justin TV? And um, yeah, I remember Nagata really pushed for it. I give him a ton of credit. He's like, this game is amazing and it might change things. And he pushed for it to be the first PC game we ever streamed. And uh, yeah, and it was not easy. Yeah. Ultimately, you guys what chose Ed TV to stream it we on, did. right? Which we did. Uh, you were. Biggest channel on Ed TV. We did. It was By wild. far the greatest collaboration between Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey ever. <laughs> I was like going to say. Possible may- brothers, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe RedTube or something like that. Right. But, streaming yeah. it. We're streaming it on RedTube. <laughs> oh, those guys ended Red up Tube. on those porn tube sites with that uh, Guitar Hero That's video. True. Remember That's that. true. <laughs> did. I even remembered the site. It was called Shoosh Time. Oh, Jesus. Another plug for Michael. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there somewhere. Let me see if they're still around. Uh, but, but yeah, like, um, I think this is a really good example of a counter programming and B like LA noir completely stealing the light from Witcher two. Oh yeah. 100%. Uh, and, and yeah, I, th- I think Witcher two kind of labored in obscurity until it got no. that console release. No, for uh, us it did, but like, yeah, it well, was for a- us, for, for anyone who wasn't a PC gamer at mm-hmm. the time, which was like, yeah. I think even a bit more niche than it is now. Uh, they, but they held that series over our head, like, hey, you're really missing out yes. on this amazing fantasy RPG series, The Witcher. And they were kind of upset, I think, when it did get ported to console because it's like, oh, yeah, I know we can experience. What was it? The Something of Kings edition or yeah. whatever was like the yeah. console port. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, as- I, I think yeah. Assassins of Kings was the, That's the was. title. And, and that was tough because, like. I was so used to typing Assassin's Creed that every time mm-hmm. I'd start to type ah. Assassin's of Kings, I just automatically add that S or apostrophe S. Yeah. So, I, ironically enough, the, with those two games, I'd say yeah, at their launch, La Noire might have been the more successful, just because it was on consoles, you know, more sales. But like mm-hmm. one of those games bankrupt a development studio. The other one probably cemented a yeah. development studio's <laughs> yes. legacy mm-hmm. to enable them to be one of the most successful studios. So like La Noire. Caused that studio to go out of business ultimately, yeah, not team the game itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Team Bondi. We never Versus, got like, to CDP... see Core of the Orient, which was going to be their follow-up. Oh what? 
Is that spelled That's, how I think it is? Yes, that was the the worst title for a video game I've ever heard. It was going to be called Whore of the Orient, which was Yeesh. the name of a ship that's like in 1930s Hong Kong or something. Pre-order for extra ah. slutty edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that come with the DC, DLC uh, Blackface in Thailand or we'll something? We'll never get to know, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck me. <laughs> but it's, it's, more, it's more just like I love thinking about L.A. Noir because there was a time a while back... Um, I think Brett had, had taken a ton of his games in a GameStop, just like, fuck it, clogging up the shelves, I'm never going to play these again. And we were going to do, we were going to try and make an elaborate game show of guess how much GameStop paid me and <laughs> for this. <laughs> and we were going to compare it to how much the development budget was, and the biggest disparity was L.A. Noir because people were, bought that because of the hype, and returned it in <clears throat> droves. And, and like, in, 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 not to totally shit in the game, but it's kind of hard to replay, because a lot of the stuff mm. you do in the game is for naught, and like it's hard to enjoy that a second time around. But I'll yeah. also go out on a fence and say like it sucked. It was like one of those Heaven's Gates movies that has like a ton of fun ideas, is super slow, isn't satisfying to replay at all, and the technology it yeah. pioneered has been made better through everything. There's there, yeah. It, yeah. It, it. I almost hate the idea of playing the game again, just like enduring. <laughs> no. I mean, forties v- racism and violence, and then driving around in a car that tops out at thirty-one miles an hour. <laughs> the VR version <laughs> is surprisingly good. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, you could, might want to play that. Yeah, LA, LA was cool. It was a very cool drivable. It was LA. cool to see that recreated mm-hmm. with the with the streetcars. I think the reason I wanted this on the list. Is it, it's a nice contrast of like the approach to open world, right? Like versus the Witcher, Witcher games isn't are very... even open world, mm-hmm. but it was oh, but... it was more open ended than a lot open-ended, of games have been yeah. because there is that you know there's a decision you have to make. I think about a third of the way through the game that completely alters what the next two thirds are going to be. Yeah, like that's true. Yeah. But, but the Witcher is all about side questing, and there's a ton of shit to do. L.A. Noir gave you that open world, quote unquote, L.A. For nothing. But there was nothing to do in it. It was there's, just to drive from one mission to the other. There's one great, like, yeah. there's one, air quotes, great. It's pretty great. Uh, gameplay sequence through, what is it? Uh, D.W. Griffith's Intolerance. Set, yeah. Which is which, recreated in L.A. as we speak. and it, uh, As a mall. As a mall. <laughs> outside in, the Kodak Theater. In, yeah, in real life. Uh, yeah, I guess in the, in L.A. Noir, like, it would have actually been torn down by this point but like they just like oh it's just this old ruin that they left standing you know the 20s people left film sets standing for 20 years Mm -hmm. in the middle of downtown LA Uh, but everything I think about it now like this is utterly dissatisfying Uh, things we had no idea if we could do it we pulled it off but you didn't stop to think if you should well I was I was just gonna say like with hindsight now how would you make that game more fun or exciting well i I think what the thing they focused on was the facial expression technology which i don't think worked i constantly had to restart and like ace attorney it press exactly where i should Mm. not knowing why uh i know this guy did this i can i just know it, but the game's not allowing me to prove that and then had, had designed this open world la chiefly number one so you could drive to missions Yep. That's it. That's it. Like, yep. That, that is, is it. the only reason it exists. Like that and Mafia 2 are just like, you know, like, very dull open worlds where it's just like, yeah, just this exists to pad out the time between shooter levels. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. not there's not 
side quests. There's not rampage missions. There's not collectibles. Yeah. I mean, there's ca- there were cars, like yeah. painstakingly model cars. I enjoyed like the crime scene investigations. Those were kind of fun. But again, right. you know, it does get into the Ace Attorney territory where you're just like, well, okay, I know I have to go over here and hit the button a bunch of times, and now I'll pick up this thing that I didn't see that was there. Mm-hmm. But first, I have to see if my captain is sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like I, I think there, there, in my head, you could totally convince me L.A. Noir is one of the most expensive, worst games that's ever been made. Hmm. But, like, I had a great time playing it, but it's so stupid. And it, when, you, when, you, when you read about how, like, it was, it was salvaged at, like, the final hour, like, uh, almost a decade in development and really came together in the last year through a lot of yeah. firings mm-hmm. and whip cracking. Yeah. And, 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 I, th- I think if you want to compare the two on dialogue, uh, Ellie Noir might win. Uh, it's like, here, let me let me show you here. Like, uh, So this is some Witcher 2 dialogue. I underestimated you. Who are you? You really don't remember? I'm sick of that question. So it's true. And here I feared that you would ruin it all. I am Letho of Gullet. I'm a Kingslayer. This is a very big dramatic moment, but you know what's more dramatic? A man who did not know his place. He presumed to ask me questions. We do a lot of presuming here in the United States, Consul General. It comes with the turf. You fuck young boys, Valdez. Are you a madman? <laughs> the delicious classic. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember this is the stream where this is the stream where Tyler Nagata is streaming. I'm listening to all this. I am King. Exxon Valdez of the <laughs> land of WrestleMania. And, and Tyler Tyler Nagata just turns to me. Ah! Lore. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> because I, I think you can see me strut my patient struggling because it was just a lot of listening. Like for, for dialogue trees, you had to really fucking listen mm-hmm. to which yeah. dialogue. And and LA Noir, the thing you can say to its credit, it employed real fucking actors it wasn't just voice acting it was like they needed their face uh, uh to convey what ellie noir was doing and, and and it felt really cool but like i'm sure it's worn off positive worn Rem- off. remind me yeah. where the actor is he from mad men which which show was the, mad men most the, most mad of the cast yeah, yeah. was from mad men i, I think they used the yeah. same talent agency okay. something like that and i i think um because it was weird the character on mad men uh fuck aaron something mm-hmm uh, he disappeared from the show for like the long, like longer than Sal. But I, uh, Elizabeth Moss was a huge, much bigger star, and she's like in the game as a side yeah, character, very briefly, mm-hmm. I think, in an early and, mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there was a bunch of Mad Men people. But like, it's interesting to think about that. Like, where you need an actor's face, they need to look like not only need to look like them, they need to like be recognizable as them and use use those. What do you call that? Those tools in the arsenal that most video game acting was not able to convey. I want to give L.A. Noir its due, but it also is like a fruitless mission of complete boredom <laughs> and, and a mechanic that doesn't work very well. Yeah. Aaron Staten, that was his name. Aaron Staten. Yeah, but, and I remember like how weird it was after playing L.A. Noir going back and seeing him in Mad Men. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's Cole. Come on. It's Cole. Mm-hmm. Getting his shit pushed in by Don Draper, who's mm-hmm. just drunk and being a dick for no reason. Mm-hmm. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think yeah, Witcher Two has a, a better lasting legacy. But Eleanor gave us all these memes. Over yeah, the it's, years, it's, so. it's 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 a, a regret, in my opinion, that like I remember having a giant argument 
when we were working at the press place and they were like SEO. I'm like, we are not waiters. We are tastemakers. Yes. We help people. We help curate things and help people decide like by sifting through the fucking rubble of what's cool. And we failed. We failed in the case of L.A. Noir. Mm-hmm. Which like, no, you're a sommelier. You're knowledgeable about your product, but you're selling it. Yes. Yeah, we but totally in order failed. to be a true tastemaker, you have to go through those blows anyways, too. you mm-hmm. got to be true. able to yeah. face that it's shit. True. I, still, true. I still love being this hilariously wrong about something. Like, like, never expected The Witcher to be like CD Projekt Red to be one of the, like, the biggest studios, the biggest Netflix show based on this property yeah. in L.A. Noir. Oh, the, the Polish done. studio making the games based off the Polish books that nobody's yeah, like, read? Who, who cares? <laughs> None of it blew my skirt up, and I was wrong. I was totally the, wrong. The studio that literally started on a quasi-legal venture of, like, basically kind of printing gray market games on discs and distributing them in Europe. Yeah. Like, it's... I, I don't want to... I don't know the specifics, but basically I, I went to a talk once by one of those guys. He's like, yeah, this is what we started out as a company before we were like a game developer. It was like some form of distribution for Eastern Europe because no one else wanted to distribute there. They're like, you can't sell games for money there. Nobody has any money. And it's like, all right, we'll do it then. And that, that's why they're called CD Project, uh, by the way. I always wondered. They, oh. they literally printed games on CDs. We're yes, going to future-proof yes. our whole name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, 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 um, in my defense, like, um, I find Witcher 1 crazy because, like, I don't think that didn't bowl anyone over, really. Like, other than, like, fans of the books. Like, no one was really anticipating that much, like, because Witcher 1 was so awesome, but PC gamers knew what they were adding to Witcher 2 and how it would be better than the first one. Because the Witcher 1 didn't seem to merit you know, a lot of fanfare for a follow-up. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I'll say in my defense on that. And considering what Witcher 2 was, as Michael mentioned, it was in an open world, and then what Witcher 3 is, and it's like, holy shitballs. Mm-hmm. Did they maximize mm-hmm. on that? But Witcher 2 helped them finance all that. And, yeah. And yeah. It, was, it sold it, really well. I think there was also a much bigger emphasis on sex in those first two games. Like, Yeah. And, and even yeah. Especially in the first game, you would get like trading cards from all the girls that uh, Geralt would sleep with. Oh, that's Sweet. hilarious. I would love to, like, where I am now in my hometown to walk up with a trading card of a girl I had sex with <laughs> 25 years ago. Ribbitus! I still, I kept it! <laughs> <laughs> Among that's other a- things, I... Kept from our liaise. Uh-huh. This says how to play draw and stud poker on it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I, I. What do you think, Tyler and I were trying? To, I was trying to stream in Witcher Two. Oh, uh, yeah. That's no. I remember that actually. That's exactly yeah. what you were trying to do. It is what I was trying to do. Uh, we should move on because we still got number four of these to talk about. Hey, sorry, but the comp's full. That guy there got the last spot. Well, they must be really hard up for competition if they let a noob like you join. You'll watch it, punk. I can skate circles around you. All right, prove it. Here, top this. So, October 18th, 2005. 2005? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, didn't you tell me about this one I already? did, um, but I bet, I bet you wow. guys can guess at least one of those. Uh, I think I, is this the one where I chose wrong as a consumer? Probably. Yes. Is this Shadow of the Colossus? Yes. And meets Tony Hawk 
Wasteland. American Wasteland, yes. American Wasteland. <laughs> Thaw. The, the biggest surprise Thaw. of its generation and the biggest disappointment, arguably, if you're a Tony Hawk fan. I mean, it was... They were sort of on a string of disappointments, but this one didn't even have uh, Phil Margera in it. That's true. Who is key to any fucking good Tony Hawk game, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. But like, That's I, the d- secret recipe. It is. If it, if it, the, the good ones all have Phil. The rest Dude, are just watch garbage. those cutscenes. He's like the best actor, and they had to like <laughs> model his back hair. It's great. Uh, but but like, I, I bought Tony Hawk. Um, I bought Tony Hawk. Annually, like ever, like I remember, yeah. like waiting for the IGN review to hit at midnight. It was like, like as big as Call of Duty. It's it's easy me, to yeah. forget that. Like, yeah, there would be annual releases. You need to go get them, and everyone would offer something new and cool. And uh, I was super into the idea of the new Tony Hawk, and and it had been diminishing returns for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I knew about Ico because I picked it up in a buy two get one free sale at Toys R Us. I think I've told that story too many times, but. Uh, yeah, I would love to another I, something Ico from Team Ico, but I I I did not buy this until it, I think it was the last PS2 game I ever bought. Wow, uh, Shadow. But I bought Tony Hawk Day One, and like it's like I have no memory of that game really, other than like what a, what a terrible open world. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> what a terrible like it look. It's an open world if like Splatoon combined all of its maps and put doors between them, <laughs> and it it's it sucks. Uh, but yeah, so Shadow of the Colossus gave us a very quiet, moody open world that sounded like this. Get some demon gods talking to you. Sword, you focus the beam of light. Yeah! It's it's very evocative to listen to this if you've played a lot of the game, and it's the kind of thing that makes me itch to play it, unlike this, which makes me want to itch to never play. Dave's the Encyclopedia of Useless Skate Trivia. Thug 1 had wall plants, but Thug 2 had this sticker slap. I can do them both in a sticker slap to wall plant combo. Sticker slap to manual to wall plant. Uh, that might be my least How favorite fourth wall important? break of all time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are they making oh. fun of their players to their face? Like, I guess. It's like, who bit, do you think's yeah. buying this game? People who talk like that. Like, well, it would have been fucking idiots in 2005 well us uh, but and me 2005 no no no. i'm an idiot in 2005 (laughs) and now so i'm not i'm not separating myself but but like i I, like it's so hard to even remember these both coming out at the same time and and by the way like i i even um called adam from padukin to see like is there an arcade situation like this and you, you can guess how arcades were released they were Mm -hmm. shipped out on trucks and when they made it they were installed they made it Somebody had preview bills, but we were really, really close to like a Froggy Kong or like a <laughs> a, 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 a a Frog Alaga because those did come out more than like. A, but but it's it's I like think we video were talking game about release it. dates weren't really tracked that much until like Sonic yeah. Two made like a big deal out of launching yeah. on a specific date. Yeah, yeah, in Mortal Kombat, and and mm. but even then, like Adam was like, but this isn't the same thing because like. 
yeah, I'll put one of my four quarters into Nibbler and I'll play Donkey Kong. Ju- like it's not, you weren't making a hundred plus dollar decision yeah. when new arcade games came out, and and here you were still like even back then. Yeah, and and I should say also like this isn't some sort of definitive list. Like I'm sure there are like great ones that we missed. In which case, feel free to tell us about them in the comments. These are just ones that, as I'm as I was looking and researching, like finding these, it's like wow, this is really weird. We should talk about this. This will be fun. So yeah, one 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 a highlight I saw looking into it because I remembered I was there. Like um, Blur and Split Second coming out on like, the same day. Not the same day, oh, but very okay. close to one another. But it was like that is not Barbenheimer. That is more like. Ants, Bugs, Life, Armageddon, Deep Impact. Like, mm-hmm. two move, two things with similar concepts coming out and stealing each other's audience. And in, th- in that case, two great games had their studios killed <laughs> as a result of trying to fight like this. And it was regrettable. Yeah. And and, and by the way, it's like a concept I've heard Dave pitch before. <laughs> like, like Ants, Bugs, Life. Studios? No, no, no. Like, Ants, yeah. Bugs, Life's in, in, in games. But now imagine, like, Bugs Life did so well it killed DreamWorks Animation. Like, there's no point in doing this to yourselves. Why mm. do that? Barbenheimer's a much better situation. And I think, yeah, this this is a... Because another thing we should point out is that, like, this is, like, the second week of November, probably, right? Uh, this, this is uh, October 18th. October? Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the holiday release month, and, and yeah. Sony's mm. releasing its big first-party game, and Tony Hawk comes out pretty much the same week every year. And uh, it's weird for Shadow to step on it. Because uh, I, I, I don't if have anything, solid... Shadow was taking a risk. I don't think it sold yeah. as well as a lot of other games out the gate. Like, that was one that kind of... It took a little while to build its audience, if I remember right. It no, it's, it's pretty ballsy. Because yeah. uh, it was Sony's, like, what do you call it? Prestige project? Mm-hmm. Whereas Tony Hawk is the opposite of Prestige. Yeah, even really though I is. love that man. I yeah, thought the, it, the remake, the one and two, was pretty... Oh, that fun. Was I fantastic. played it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. I played it recently and I think you can still get it on PS Plus, but like and, and but Shadow of the Colossus has improved with every single iterative change. Like remember when the remaster came out and like mm-hmm. all, like there's all this game you didn't see until it was widescreen, but it was there. Uh it was there and now they HDified it. Guess which game will not improve from any of that? Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. <laughs> You'll never see it again. Now, we yeah. just spent all, like, so much of last week talking about game preservation history, and I think of Thaw, and I think of, like, it's not important. There's, there's nothing to preserve <laughs> it's, here. It's fine. <laughs> this goes quietly into that dark night. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, for, like, not, this time, not us, the public, lost out on Shadow of the Colossus because there was a giant marketing machine pushing Tony uh, the next Tony Hawk game. Mm-hmm. That was the goal of Activision. Currently owned by Microsoft if this episode is going up in two weeks. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it's a little weird that we're positioning the the game published by a first party as the little guy in this, like the scrappy little guy game. Yeah. It's fucking a Sony oh, game. It's all dude. relative. At the time. It is weird, but that's why they don't exist anymore because like Sony made this like I love that they're partnered with HBO on um, Last of Us because, like, it felt like they were doing an HBO thing. Like, we don't care about sales. We're going to make the greatest first-party game we can that's going to be talked about for decades. And that is Shadow of the Colossus. That is not 
Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Was, uh, I think on DS it was Tony Hawk's American Skateland because Wasteland is too edgy for that audience. Um, had to change the game so drastically. But, but it's a different. That, that was different. one. I was I was like a died in the wool Tony Hawk fan at the time, and like I you know I I know I'm in the minority now, but I loved Tony Hawk's Underground, the first one. I that, skipped the second one with Bam Margera. Has there ever been a game that had a, it, you know, its game on consoles and its handheld version, and the handheld version was better than the? Oh, Project yeah, that's a. happened lots. Project Dark, 8, Tony Dark Hawk. Sector. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie game. Project Eight for Tony Hawk because they like it was the first three D like DS, three DS, three D Tony Hawk game, and it played more like the classic ones without the open world dialogue or shit. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Uh, but that, that, sorry, but I have Tony Hawk on the brain. Yeah, no. but I, I I played Wasteland, and it's just like, okay, this is this is Jump the Shark. It's full of unrealistic tricks, and now I need to learn parkour, which was still very much a oh look at this thing that they developed in France at the time, and so you get like an exaggerated Frenchman to teach you parkour. Sacre eh? <laughs> bleu, that was so sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch me jump from building to building like James Bond. <laughs> Perfection. Love it. Uh, <laughs> I think you just no link the gap. Yeah, no Try notes, a wall ride. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Shadow of the Colossus is a damn near perfect game. But um, but not, he- not, a, not a big... My only other nostalgia here is like Tony Hawk American Wasteland, I think, was the last game I stayed up late for IGN's review because the next Tony Hawk, I was writing the review for one of my favorite game magazines (laughs) where I realized the Tony Hawk series had become a burden upon people who play a ton of games and I wasn't good. It's just like, we don't want to do this again. (laughs) We did it. Uh, Let's get a fan to come in here and review it. That's the first time I've I've heard of somebody staying up late waiting for IGN to publish a review. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the time we thought it was midnight. Mm. Mm. Uh, Because sometimes it was. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's move along to... Number three. Who is this toothsome fellow? In me hoto ek My queen, this is... uh... Well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. October 27th, 2017. Two very big and very different games come out. Any guesses as to what those would be? 2017, oh, I we, bet you can not, guess. We're not naming these. We should be. Um, I'm going to say Shadow of the Wasteland. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's do it. Yeah. L.A. L- L- Witcher. L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Witcher. Right. I like that better than Witcher Noir. Shadow of the Wasteland or American Colossus. I guess. Ooh, that's way better. <laughs> American Colossus. And what would this be? You can't say it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I don't know the second one yet. Oh, no, I, I just put both of them oh. in that name. Oh. Super Assassin's Creed. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, Super Super Assassin's oh. Creed Odyssey. This is so Super Mario Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Origins. Both came out on the same day. One is an open world trip through ancient Egypt represented in its entirety with a lot of blood and stabbing the other is a very light-hearted mario adventure that uh friends open-hearted of... trip through ancient n64 games <laughs> yeah. and donkey kong through pauline's home city new donk city so um to to yeah to illustrate the thematic differences here's one of them you destroyed families <laughs> i did what had to be done 
I will destroy everything you stand for, Berenike! And I will destroy all others like you! But for now, all that matters is that you killed Shadia! And the last word you will remember is her name! Shadia! Shaggy. Obviously a very Sorry. dark Mario game. <laughs> I, I, by the way, I just thought of the name. The actual name should be Super Mario Origins. Then my company can sue them because we released Sonic hey, Origins. We'd be like, ah, 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 can't do that. You were the first game to put Origins in your title. Oh, yeah, Jesus, yeah that, that title's uh, never used in game. Arkham is, is going to be first in line there. Yeah, or or Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But you compare, <laughs> you compare that atmospherically, tonally to uh, this. And this yeah. is this is uh, Assassin's Creed Chuck E. Cheese, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the better playable musical numbers in a game. But uh, I still can't believe they pulled that off. Although it is giving me flashbacks, bad flashbacks, like PTSD flashbacks to E3 that year. Because like that was fun a couple times in the in the Nintendo booth, but mm-hmm. after like the third time you heard that fucking song playing from that city, it's like, mm. can we please change the music? Please, it's just, it's mm. too much. Like, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember like <laughs> working at Capcom, and we had all this like Inceptiony trailer music, <laughs> and then like a Street Fighter Two collection would come out, and everyone's like, "Oh, Guile's theme! Thank God!" Like, <laughs> it's just, this is the one we can hear thousands of times and never gets old. And none of the new trailer stuff had that. Because you're oh, conditioned love... to hear it thousands of times without getting old. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to yeah. be real. I think this Mario Odyssey, and I'm, you know, same age area as everyone. I honestly think it might be my favorite Mario game of all time. It's become like Madden. How do you get better than this? It is technically the best Mario 3D game. It is uh, conceptually. The execution is wonderful. It is my fucking buddy, I let him borrow it, and he left his switch on the top of his car and drove off with oh, it. God. And um, I, I've lost. I, that's a. I have no idea actually. Where is my switch save data on the system or the cart? If you're an online subscriber, it's also in the cloud. Like that didn't exist back when this happened. Okay, but like uh, it's on yeah, the system. It, so your saves in Nintendo are on your um, SD card. There. Okay, good. You can manage good, them from there. I got all 1,000 moons because ah. this is one of the greatest... Uh, shit, it's hard, so hard to say because like Zelda, Breath of the Wild, uh, Tears of the Kingdom are two of my favorite experiences of all time, but Mario's my boy! It, it, is, it is such a... Again, it's that... It's almost like a similar with the Oppenheimer and Barbie. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. take the most lovely candy colored experience mm-hmm. of joy or you know like this intense drama epic yeah yeah no i'm, I'm like we i put final fantasy 16 like yeah this looks like game of the year so far and it's just like i cannot wait for this to be over <laughs> yeah. and, and, and 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 mario odyssey was just like i hope this never fucking ends i hope i keep discovering goals i hope i keep discovering things mm-hmm. I hope this never ends. They both have open world deserts with pyramids, but uh, I guess <laughs> the difference is in yeah. Mario's, you get to chase around a dog with a little cowboy hat and a visible butthole. So, 
We did it. We did that in an episode. That's, I'm not. You get to chase a dog that. in Origins. Anubis is in there. That's true. Uh, did some DLC. Fight a dog. This week, yeah. uh, top five visible buttholes. <laughs> we did that episode already. Done it. Done uh, it but, been there. But, but Origins for Assassin's Creed was that like a um? Is that was before Odyssey? Yeah, that, that was, was before Odyssey. And yeah, it's like now, a, a, a I, I hesitate to call it a reboot because it's it's still the same universe and fiction and yeah, lore and everything. Yeah, it's it, just right, but but they're rebooting the, the gameplay style to become more like figuring itself yeah. out. And by the time I got to it, I'm like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but I Mario took my heart. I mean, and I I think I didn't I put that somewhere else. Like Mario Galaxy one went up against AC one, but like by like seven days. Yeah, like in the same week. Yeah, in the same yeah. week, not the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I yeah I chose Mario. Don't regret it. <laughs> don't regret it. But <laughs> I mean, they're both they're both great. That's the thing. That, yeah, like you, you can totally to Barbenheimer these two. Yeah, but I think Assassin's Creed. Now I'm I don't know how many they've done because I've seen them all pop up on Xbox and stuff. But like I know the what little I played of Valhalla is incredible, and I don't do, do you guys enjoy origins i did yeah, yeah. It's, it, that's origins is what kicked off that model like what valhalla is still kind of in that vein of assassin's creeds where it, it has the i mean the things that were new to origins were the gear slots like you could you there was loot basically right where stuff would drop or you could buy stuff or you could actually pay resources to improve your gear so that you could keep your favorite pieces it had the Attacks were then mapped to the shoulders instead of face buttons. Is that where they were yes. before, Michael? The attacks? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Michael said, it was a little more just RPG. There, there was a lot more stats involved versus just being kind of gameplay story yeah. driven. And and for the first time, like, I, I remember it was a little bit controversial because you couldn't automatically kill with the hidden blade. Because, right. like, if you were under leveled, if you're, if you're like level one trying to backstab a level 20 enemy it's just going to annoy them it's not going to instant kill them (laughs) yes uh so that that kind of made people rethink their strategy and i remember like i think i wrote a preview about it at the time that was like i was trying to in in a camp where i was under leveled and i ended up just like this is the first time in assassin's creed where i'm gonna rely on pure stealth and not even try to kill guards as i move past them I'm just mm-hmm. going to stay totally quiet and unseen. Yeah, that's an excellent point because Mario Odyssey is the third 3D open world Mario in 20 years, whereas Assassin's Creed is kind of like taking a bolt, like boldly reinvent, reinventing itself and mm-hmm. releasing on the same day. But Mario took all the glory, took a lot of the glory. I don't think this was an underselling game by any stretch. Oh no, of no, they were both huge. But- uh, but but it, by it the way, Mario Odyssey not open world. It's open map. Yeah, yeah. The open world is Bowser's Fury. Right. Shut like, up, it. Matt. There's one <laughs> open world Mario game. This is how we refer to them. <laughs> no, they're not open world though. They're it's like each there's there's huge maps. Don't get me wrong, but how many maps I, did I'm this game me. have? You, Mister Thousand Moons. It's like a what bunch. fifteen, ma- ten maps, yeah. fifteen. There's a lot of maps, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the most that there's ever been so far. Yeah, and and bigger, and with more things to do. But like. Uh, I, yeah, Assassin's Creed was doing something a little bolder and, and taking a big risk with its franchise, whereas Mario was just adding more of what already worked. Mm. You, I think you could at- also contrast the fact that, like, this is the game for Assassin's Creed where it came back after a bit of a break. Like, Ubisoft sort of at the time was acknowledging, like, 
yeah, maybe annual Assassin's Creed. We need we need to rethink things a bit. And so they had a between Syndicate and this. Can't remember if it was a two or a three year break, but it, it wasn't annual any longer. Versus Mario has sort of always been that way. We don't get annual Mario games. You know, it's like you're gonna get them when you get them. Uh, maybe you one do, per generation. But it's, like, it's like it's like remakes and. Yeah, like uh, you'll get a 2D one this year, a remake this year. Yeah, I but, I, yeah. I remember it was, yeah, 2015 was Syndicate. The Assassin's Creed movie was 2016, and then Origins was 2017. Okay, so. okay. We laughed that, you know, Chris got his thousand moons, but when he gets to heaven, he's going to be a VIP. That's true. Exactly. shows him that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm re- realizing we haven't said anything about what the games are, like open world uh, adventure through through ancient Egypt where you're a, a mm-hmm. Majay trying to avenge your son, like sort of sort of like a Texas Ranger in ancient Egypt and then uh Mario Odyssey, <laughs> Mario throws his hat and possesses every creature in the game and it's awesome. You get to play as everyone else and it fucking rules. Why did you make a Texas Ranger comparison? Because now all I can think of is Bayek, Texas Ranger, yeah. and the theme song, like, the eyes of the ranger are upon you. Kick down the door and do some karate. And as soon as you said possessed, I was thinking Super Mario Brothers Exorcism mm. is like oh, a weird horror movie. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> I mean, wow. Luigi's Mansion is a series, and that sounds like phenomenal idea. Mm. Your so mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move along to... Number two. I've got big news for you, Shepard. Captain Anderson is stepping down as commanding officer of the Normandy. This ship is yours now. She's quick and quiet, and you know the crew. Perfect ship for a Spectre. Free to welcome I'll take good care of her, sir. Chris saw what I was doing there. Yeah, I I heard the the background screaming. I'm like, why is Highway Star playing behind this Mass Effect (laughs) cutscene? Because that's where you get your cool car, man. Yeah, man. And then it's uh, Guitar Hero is juxtaposed. No, with Mass that Effect, is Rock right? Band. Oh, the Rock Band. Oh, sorry. You're close. It, You're very it, close. It's so much weirder. And, and again, the weirdest thing about this one, it's the same publisher. Yeah. November 20th, 20, yeah, 2007. Yeah. Same day. Yeah. Uh, Rock Band and Mass Effect come out, both for the Xbox 360. I guess Rock Band has a few more platforms under its belt, but. Uh, well, if this is yeah, Mass was, Effect 1, it is not EA. Mass Effect 1 was Microsoft, wasn't it? And then it went to EA with 2 and 3. So. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Sorry. But um, these are both – either way, they're both franchises. EA won't publish it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, like, two drastically different flavors of something that was, I think, defined that generation of consoles. Yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah. is this 07? It, it is 07. Uh, 07 is is the best year, recent year of gaming. It, it, uh, was, yes. it was pretty huge, yeah. 07 yeah, was Bioshock, right? It's Bioshock, it's yeah. Mario. It's Assassin's Creed, it's Mario uh, Galaxy 1, uh, Dragon Age? More. Wasn't there uh, a Dragon Age in that? Fuck, was that Origins? Dragon so. Age Origins? Origins? No, 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 because no, that no, came no, after no. Mass Effect. Ma- Mass, Mass Effect Mass. kind of made That's Bioware... Right. Well, the Star Wars games made them big, and then Mass Effect is like, hey, we can do our own franchise, and then mm. Dragon Age. So. But, yes. but doing 30, 20, 10, it was just like, it, like that. There, there may not have been another exciting, a more exciting time in games other than like ninety eight, or uh, 
it's incredible. It's like every week something. 2003 was huge. I'll just say that, that. will move the medium forward uh, in some way or create new beloved IP. Yeah. Like it's it's a it's both. I'll also say a week before this, this was another one of the candidates. Assassin's Creed came out the same day as Crisis on November 13th. Yeah. Kane and Lynch was also released that day. So oh. the, the uh, game man. that altered uh, GameSpot's futures forever. Portal, the best-selling Guitar Hero, the first Uncharted, uh, Bioshock, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. which changes what that big series means. Yeah. Uh, All in that Stalker, span. the first Witcher... Uh, God of War Two. <laughs> it's the Simpsons game. John Woo Stranglehold. Sorry, maybe this is just me in the working in the industry. <laughs> um, Could be, uh, but yeah, Ma- Mass Effect. I feel like that's a game. The, both of these games are games that need very little introduction, if any. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mass Effect obviously had like a bunch of big, weighty, plot-altering decisions that you had to make. We both know Saren's the enemy here. He's the one you should be angry with. Really? Saren created a cure for my people. You want to destroy it. Help me out here, Shepard. The lines between friend and foe are getting a little blurry from where I stand. This isn't a cure, it's a weapon. And if Saren is allowed to use it, you won't be around to reap the benefits. None of us will. That's a chance we should be willing to take. Is it, though? It's up to you, Shepard. Meanwhile... Rock Band made me scream louder than just about any other game that I have played with friends because of this one song. Oh, listen to that. It's such a fun, classic rock song. Very understandable beat and melody. And kind of slow and... What the fuck is this? Oh my god! <laughs> I like I, I can't ten what more we, minutes of that. Ten more minutes. What were of we that. doing? It wasn't the twenty-four hour gaming marathon. We were just in the office playing on our own. Yeah, we were we were trying to play the entire game from start to finish, like the well, entire there's an achievement set list. for it. The endless set list. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. You you play every Guitar Hero or rock band song in one session. And then I remember it was breezy. It was fun. People swapped in and out. We kept progressing. And then this song came up, and it was like five hours. The sun mm-hmm. came The sun came up. <laughs> and we I don't remember how we decided to give up, but it was just, we did. We did not finish. I remember screaming, fucking hippies! I hate <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, it's, like, it goes on for so long. It is like a... It was like a 10 or 12 minute song. Yeah. And yeah. most of it is like the end of that clip that I played just very fast. And it just goes on like that for a long ass time. And if you fuck up like nine and a half minutes in, guess what you get to do all over again? Yep. There's <laughs> no, there's no mid-level, <laughs> there's no checkpoints in no. green grass and high tides. Nope. But, but it, it, it is also like, I, I, I like, this is the most Barbenheimer we've had so far. Yeah. This should appeal to different groups. But I, these are like my favorite franchises of this era. Like, they're, and they're completely different. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't be more different, really. Yeah. But even though they, they would, the next two, the next one would be under the same publisher. I'm just wondering. So, they're, they're, 
theorizing like what AI actors in movies or background actors, what's it going to be like if they have to replace musicians? Like, I mean, I, obviously we've had like hologram Tupac or, 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 or different iterations of stuff like that. But like, I mean, Weirdly. Motley Crue can hardly play anymore. <laughs> Come on! Wham well, I, th- I think, you know, I, I've heard, like, AI-generated music, and it's like, yeah, this is just very pedestrian. Um, mm-hmm. You know, part of no, the problem totally. with it, like, because it comes from things that it has been trained on, which is yep. to say they fed a bunch of copyrighted works into it, and, you know, mm. now it bases compositions off what it's been told is good. But yeah. I'm not I'm not good at being a music connoisseur anymore. So all you have to do is put it under like a good Martin Scorsese scene to make it my favorite song of all time. You must love yeah. the Rolling Stones then. Uh, we talk about Gimme Shelter on 302010 yeah. this week. And <laughs> yeah, for a new release. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like I, I think but I, I in this decision, I don't know who's more fucked, musicians or performances like Commander Shepherds. <laughs> well, AI I mean, is coming for them both. Some of the best music of all time. If you, it, it, I know, I know, Matt. You, I've heard you, you play, or you, you, you've been a mu- music person as well. But like, do you hear when you listen to stuff? It's kind of nice to have that human quality that you hear from like older records or classic music, or even nowadays when it's not like Machine Gun Kelly or whatever, like the bands locally or anything like that live at a show it's nice to hear a little bit of that human like floundering even mm-hmm. if it is a bad note or, or that's typically a pitchy. Where, where, where music fans graduate to like things that are like discernibly human right have flaws and uh that that are per- perfect flaws that a computer can't yeah. recreate mm-hmm. well well like if you listen to Jimi hendrix purple haze he coughs before saying a line he clears his throat right and it's just like AI would never think to do that. That kind of makes that song fucking awesome. When you hear that in there, you're like, okay, this is a human being doing this thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think the imperfections are sometimes what, that's what AI misses. And that's where Uncanny Valley kicks in is like human beings have a very good knack for like spotting fake shit. And and if anything's too perfect, we kind of know we're being lied to. Um, I don't know how we got here from these games. I know it's my fault. Well, I was, I was thinking it's, it's about not, rock. It's not on an, like, cause there's a lot of performances in Mass Effect. And when we talk about performances that AI sure. could replace, you know, like a developer might not want to spend a lot of money on something majority of people won't see or potentially won't see. Or they AI could allow you to create infinite options. That's that's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down during a no. top five. Honestly, that is an <laughs> we, hour we have, we have, on this show. On our Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time, uh, JR and I are going deep on AI. With, I, I will I go down a, a different rabbit take. hole, though. So, Michael, you didn't put it on here, um, but do you remember what came out a month before both of these games, and specifically before Rock Band? Um, Guitar Hero Three. Guitar it? Hero Three came uh, out okay. the Biggest month prior, series. and was like the yes, the quickest and highest selling game. Uh, I think of all time on the, the cover, time. man. Yeah, man. And it so it was. It was wild that like, okay, we still had this huge like and caveat i used to work on guitar hero but we had this hugely successful music game that then was followed a month later by like this amazing game that that up to the stakes it was like oh yeah you get a guitar game we have a full band game you know it's mm-hmm. like we have drums now and that's what made no, the game was the well Come i on. think they forced the hand of guitar hero like we have oh, yeah. masters we have we have the original 
songs. That's right. Guitar Done. Hero had covers, right? Guitar Hero Three had uh, not always. had non covers, but like, well, yeah, if they were like, <laughs> I mean, originally well, up to that point, yeah. But... Guitar Hero Two was like mostly covers and then indie stuff, hmm. and uh, but but Guitar Hero Three had the the masters as well, but it wasn't everything. Whereas Rock Band's like everything will be the masters. The reason why Black Sabbath isn't on here is because we can't find the masters yet. Hmm. Uh, but but like. I still, no offense, Maddie. I think Rock Band is the height of whatever this guitar thing is. And I miss those times so dearly because it was like years of us playing in the office, playing outside the office, literally outside, if you've seen that video we yeah. made, um, <laughs> or going to parties where we would play Rock Band. And, and then when I wasn't playing Rock Band and the incident Michael and I were talking about, I remember I was playing Contra 4, which also came out right around the same time. One of my favorite wow. way forward yeah. games of all time. Oh. Pretty huge. Um, oh. But if you want to talk about most Barbenheimer contrast in recent oh memory, gosh. it doesn't yeah. get any more Barbenheimer than... Number one. Who is he that they fear? Not man or his armies. They fear the mark of the beast. <laughs> the only thing they fear is nook yeah dude this is a uh, god the height of the pandemic yeah the the games that were gonna save us assassin's uh, not assassin's Creed. i'm sorry animal crossing uh-huh. and doom eternal right yes, it was doom it was eternal the, yeah 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 the follow-up to the uh incredible bethesda reboot mm-hmm. of doom yeah yeah <laughs> And uh, the most significant follow-up to Animal Crossing, because no one wants to remember Amiibo Festival. That's true. <laughs> well, and w- at the time, wasn't the rip and tear was like yeah. the tagline for Doom Eternal, and so there were so many, yeah. so many memes created for, of rip and tear with Isabel. Yeah. From, Isabel from and the Doom Crossing. Guy armor. There were comics yeah, yeah. of them like going to GameStop and respectfully yeah, buying okay. each other's games. Uh, this is Barbenheimer on a on a smaller. Gaming industry scale. It's before it's before Barbenheimer. Yeah, yeah. this was the original because everybody was talking about this. Like two incredible follow-ups we're looking forward to are releasing the same time. I'm sure there's like two days separating them. Oh no, these were both the same day, March twentieth, twenty twenty. And not not bad. Neither game is bad, but there's only one to me that will remain memorable because it's defined the early days of the pandemic. Animal Crossing. Yeah. New Horizons. But like Doom still Eternal. is Animal Crossing. I wasted all this time collecting bugs. I, I fall into Animal Crossing every time, and I'm, I'm just not the type of person. I don't care about my house. I don't care about customizing stuff. I just want to play the game, and it's absorbing. And then like I have a snap like a month later, like, what the fuck am I doing? This isn't a doing? game at all. Yeah. This is not a game. What <laughs> is this indentured servitude of a game? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, what am I doing? <laughs> And I just yeah. want to like I just want to like lead a revolt against Animal Crossing, which isn't fair because like this is arguably the time the world needed Animal Crossing most. It and it, it, it's a really fun game. It's one of those games that like all my kids got really into. It. In fact, my oldest daughter still plays Animal Crossing, and I'm like, "What the hell do you even do in there?" And she's like, "Well, there's stuff to do. I got little chores." I'm like. You have life. Go empty the dishwasher. I love, like, <laughs> love that your daughter's more southern than you. <laughs> yeah, she I'm is. I'm just doing whatever I want, Dad. Oh, shut up, Daddy. Get out of here. <laughs> but no, is she I, cricket from Big City Greens? All of a sudden, that's your daughter. <laughs> uh, no, but that I is a very um, good cartoon. 
Whenever mm. I want to play that style of game, though, I'd rather just go back to, say, Stardew Valley. But, I mean, I know they're sure. different in that. Mm-hmm. But I get I get why people like it so much. It is cool. A lot of, a lot of people... I, I, I loved getting Tears of the Kingdom. And you can... If, like, oh, I need a... I'm not going to stop playing, but I need a little bit of a break. I open up, see who's playing, and you see what other Switch games they're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how recently they played their Switch, and like almost everybody is Animal Crossing. Like a lot of people who have Switches or Switches exclusively, Animal Crossing is the gift that keeps on giving. Whereas like I chose it first over Doom Eternal, and Doom Eternal, uh, well, that's right. I had a different experience with it because I wasn't I, like I couldn't engage with it initially with Doom Eternal yeah. or Animal Crossing. Yeah, with with Doom Eternal because like uh, it is. And it, again, a, a fucking huge departure, or like at least a a, a significant uh, upgrade to what Doom was. It is a chaining yeah. uh, system. It is not just mindless shooting. I I it's, would I would venture to say that Doom Eternal, where it and the reason it's not as memorable, that's kind of one of its failings. Is it kind of fell into that trap of like we have to build on the last game yeah. and mm-hmm. do more, and really it didn't didn't need to the last game had a little bit of that the the you know with the whole like hey if i'm low on ammo i need to do this kill versus this kill or whatever they tried to build and it was too much for most yeah. people to to juggle and it was just like and the game also ran on very long it's like ah it could be about half as long and i would have been happy versus juxtapose that with new horizons which is like we do a bit more than the last animal every animal crossing is like this is like We've added one or two things, but for the most part, it's the same game every time. But it's yep. like it's very all the new stuff is very manageable in in this mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. Very and it's true. like yeah, we, we don't remember, have to add a hundred new systems to this thing. You know, I remember getting off put from Doom Eternal just from like the jumping. I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. I keep falling. Never mind, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I go I, play the Switch. I actually really enjoyed the movement in Doom Eternal. I liked a lot of what they did. I thought the first few levels were incredibly fun and are still incredibly fun. Like once you get into that, that rhythm of like, you know, shoot, 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 glory, kill, shoot, shoot, shoot out of ammo, chainsaw, shoot, shoot, shoot. Like just, just that continual, like you can feel these interconnected systems that you have Mm -hmm. to process very, very quickly. And then you're doing all this acrobatic shit, jumping around, swinging on shit. That stuff wears thin after a while. And it does. Like, yeah, for the first few hours, incredibly fun after you know yeah. 10 or so hours it's like eh, i don't know how much i want to keep doing this i think it also I, is once you fuck well. up and fall out of your rhythm yes it gets it, it's like if it, it's very frustrating and that game is like, like shit i'm supposed a combo to maintain this tony hawk mm-hmm. like uh is yeah, there a quick yeah, restarts yeah. that's not do maybe shouldn't have a quick restart but i think what we're saying here is that like animal cross not unlike the ac um assassin's creed mario this is a the most significant overhaul the Doom series ever had. I remember Animal Crossing New Horizon is a new Animal Crossing. It's I a remember, nuance, yeah. I remember thinking that that first Doom specifically was fucking fantastic and was exactly what I wanted Bulletstorm to be. Basically, mm. like just a mm. run and gun, just mayhem is such a great game. And oh, yeah. I, I do think Eternal is great too. I like I said, it's one of those things I could go back and play it again. I just got off put one day and it, you know how it is mm, random know. shit oh, yeah. it, it, it's not one of those doom eternal is not one of those games you can pick up after like even a week of being yeah. there practice there's a learning curve natural. that you yeah you have to practice that game um i would by the way hard recommend if you are craving that experience but wanted a little simplified and also combined with a rhythm game 
Metal Hellsinger is excellent. Mm. And I think is still on yes. Game Pass. That's the one that combines heavy metal with the Doom formula, and it rules. Yeah. So there. But, That's a solid recommend after talking about Rock Band as well, too, because it's it's mm-hmm. more it's more music based than you would have you would think. Yeah. Yep. It's right up there with Hi Fi Rush. It do things on the beat, mm. does more damage. It's super cool. I think it's better than Hi Fi Rush. Oh wow. That's Bold statement, uh, especially this year. <laughs> but uh, I, I did want to play. Um, so here's, you know, a, a little hint of the gameplay in Doom Eternal. The cleansing of Earth is a necessary step on the path to a brighter tomorrow. Thanks to the UAC Hell Merger Initiative, humanity can now reach its full potential. I just like everything in this is just like it's super thudding and crunchy. Like the the audio in Doom Eternal is fantastic, just extremely mm. viscerally satisfying. The 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 music is amazing, and then here's the most violent thing that happens in Animal Crossing: New Horizons. <laughs> I caught a fish. Got a little mm-hmm. fish there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh i i put like man not to it's neither here nor there but maybe it is like uh the pandemic was just starting if you didn't hear my behind the scenes story i was just seeing a new girl and like just move in like this is going to be a problem uh and then my friend that was after my friend's like hey i'm thinking about moving back uh to town can i stay at your place for two weeks the pandemic hits and it's nine months. Oh, Jesus. And so, like, my house is comparatively, like, more flooded, and we're all sitting on the back porch, and they're talking, like, what are we going to do? I'm like, huh, what? Uh, uh, harvesting? I just, I just new stuff in my museum. I could care less mm. how society moves forward. Mm. But just mm-hmm. uh, us, like, sitting inside and outside at the same time, I'm disappearing in Animal Crossing, and, like, they couldn't understand it. Um, yeah. Like, why don't y'all clean something? I'm not paying any rent here. Um, got a whole town to keep up. Uh, all right. But that. So, but you were. Were there any other games that really got you guys through the pandemic? Like primarily, other than Hades. Hades. Yeah, Hades. Uh, Hades. Fuck. I played through this entire. Uh, I played through the entire Like a Dragon slash Yakuza series over yeah. the pandemic. Became a big so. fan. That was another one. Uh, Yakuza Zero and Resident Evil Seven came out on the same day, which nice. is weird to nice. think about. Um, but yeah, like during the pandemic, damn. Um, I, I my my thoughts go to Death Stranding, but like no, I played that in 2019 before the pandemic. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It was. It was uh, prescient. In a mm-hmm. weird, depressing way. I mean, of course, you know, it goes without saying, Genshin Impact. Am I right, baby? <laughs> you say so, man. It's good. It's still a good yeah, game. No, Not I my favorite, that. like Chris yeah. claims, It's but it's a good game. Mm-hmm. All right. No Honkai Star Rail. Well, that has been our top five Barbenheimers. Hope you enjoyed it. On that note, we're going to take a little break. Let's go out on Doom Crossing Eternal Horizons by the Chalk Eaters. When we come back, we're going to get into Exoprimal and Gravity Circuit and a bunch of other stuff, so stay tuned.
get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I was considering uh, cloning you and my voice, and then didn't find the time to do that. But that's within the technological abilities. I mean, there's... So with that in mind, and we talk about replacing people, I uh, would like to reintroduce JR here. Hi, I'm JR Rawls, and I suck, and I'm gay, and I don't like my kids, and I'm a stupid moron with a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. And so I went to the trouble <laughs> over the last couple weeks of extracting long-form audio. AI sucks. I admit it's not good. It's really dumb. That is less than three minutes of JR audio. Granted, you know how I could have done that quicker? I could have called him. I could have arranged an appointment with him. I could have paid him. But this I got to do for free. And it's today. I guarantee you five years, probably less, you're going to be able to take the podcast we do, select my voice, and just say, copy all instances of this voice, clone it, and it's going to be utterly indistinguishable from me to anyone listening. Hi, I'm J.R. Rawls and I suck. Yes, totally. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash lasertime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to dive headlong into that segment known as... Exo Primal is a game that came out. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> I played it. It. Yeah, we, we all we played all it. Play yeah. it. Yeah. Um, mm. No, it, it is fun. Um, I think the fun for me largely depended on which class I was playing as or which which yeah. mech suit. So there's a if, lot too. Yeah. There's what 12, 12? You have to unlock a few, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of class. 12 with a ton of modifiers as well. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen Exoprimal, if it's somehow not been on your radar, uh, it's the Capcom game. It's a live service arena game where it feels a lot like Overwatch, where you're in a mech suit, you're on a team of multiple players, and hordes of dinosaurs just keep spawning in like fucking zombies from uh, World War Z. Left for dead. It just looks like they were just born, and they're just like, ah, what am I doing here? Yeah, that's what I, that I love about it. They don't they don't jump out of a portal and land on their legs. They like land on their yeah, sides, like, like poured <laughs> out of, like, of big blobs yeah. in the sky. <laughs> like they're dumped out of a glass right? over it's, the map. It's like the zombie streams in yeah. Days Gone. Yeah. Please kill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, what am I? I saw- tell me what I am. What is existence? <laughs> Kill me! You're a dinosaur with a perfectly shaped human dickhead. <laughs> uh, like, uh, top of your, your head. Uh, I, I was hoping for something between EDF and Left 4 Dead, but it. I was reading IGN's review in progress, and they're just like, yeah, I trust that person to be more insightful, but like, yeah, it's not... It's focused more on efficiency than it is on, like, accuracy... Mm-hmm. But I still don't get that yet because there's one class that feels like you're making a huge difference in like multiple classes where like you can make a huge difference in very specific small yeah. points. During well, the it, it almost feels and, like 
with that many classes and that many different powers, it's like, is this game designed to have more people on a team and they maybe just capped it because it was getting too chaotic? Because some of those, definitely some of those classes feel so specialized. You're like, this is a very, very unique situation this class would be useful in. And the... At least what we saw of the maps and stuff, it, it was like we never encountered that situation where some of those classes would get a chance to excel. It, it's actually kind of no. similar to Overwatch in that way, but Overwatch is designed for you to be like, okay, yeah, you're, you know, this part of the map, you might want to try this class instead, and you're supposed to kind of be changing stuff on the fly. I think all of us just kind of settled in. Overwatch in the beginning would limit how many classes could be in a map. Yeah kind of like like politely telling you you're going to need this other person mm-hmm. where not only did i not see that like when i use that explosive like oh an explosive class like i do more explosive damage with my grunt warrior assault guy who has the grenade like uh this is just a really hard class to yeah. use efficiently it, it, it to me felt like i'm trying to remember the comparison i was making there's there's a lot of overwatch dna in here a lot a little left for dead a little Much. little days gone with those streams of dinosaurs and then like a little bit of like mm-hmm. each match feels like a destiny strike like they're about that long yes. it's like yeah we just kind of got to run do this it's about 20 minutes long and then but it was um what i found out so thank you to a member of the ltc he kind of put this he's like yeah folks if you feel like that game's getting um repetitive stick it out new stuff unlocks like much further in the game and it's like all right I think we all hit that point where we're like, every match is feeling the same. Like, it's it's the same modes kept appearing in the playlist, even though we, we tried the different options, and it was like... It, it didn't... It wasn't that it just felt the same, remember? It was like... It's like an Overwatch map, but you're both fighting to do the same thing, and if this team does something faster than you, your gameplay is just completely cut off. Like, if you're in Left 4 Dead, and you get to the last stage, and just, like, it ends abruptly, and like, sorry, some other team you didn't see did better than yeah. you. You do not get to fight and, and the it's, boss because it's sort of, sort of. It's not asynchronous multiplayer. It's like you're competing against a team who that you can see like these outlines of them, but they're uh, up until like usually the last mode. They're not on the same map as you, and they're kind of doing the same thing. And it, every match is just a race, like who can get through this stuff faster, right? And so the most efficient team wins. But because of that, and I think that what kept frustrating us is when we would lose. It's like. Our match just ends early. Like we didn't get to accomplish yeah. the thing. Usually halfway through the final How did we mode. lose. You 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 told us we were behind. There's not much we can do with that information. And it's just like telling you forecasting from the beginning of the match that like oh they're ahead. They're probably going to remain ahead and they're going to kick the shit out of us so we won't be able to finish the game. Uh I I was I don't know, Ryan. Where are you at? Uh, I, I know where I, these guys are. I liked it. Um, I'm willing mm-hmm. to give it more of a shot. I think I, I got kind of bewildered from Overwatch from the second one, and I think mm-hmm. the Capcom ness of it, kind of the charm to it, it got me more liking it than I normally would. And yeah. also, I I just. I kind of love the, I I mean, I was joking about it, but I was laughing the whole time because I'm like these poor dinosaurs popping into existence, flop, flip flopping around. And then there's a T-Rex and we're just going to napalm him to death or whatever. Yeah. The Capcominess, maybe that's the, there's a little bit of like a B-gaminess to this thing. And maybe, maybe that's the same thing you're referring to where I'm like, man, it just, there's some definitely weird decisions they made along the way. Um, It just, the feel 
by the way, quick uh, quick strat for you folks in the LTC or whatever. Like, I recommend just turn down the sensitivity by one of both X and Y, and it'll feel more like a normal video game. There's just something with the shooting feel was off when we started it. I, I don't know. There was just some uh, the the character creation thing. Chris and I kept like getting frustrated because it's like, okay, so I select this option, but I can't just then back out and go to a new thing. You have to like confirm each option in the menus there's just something <laughs> yes. slightly off about everything in the game it's select to preview like, like hit x to confirm yeah like, that was that was a little like, janky it's like you took a japanese playstation controller and rotated it <laughs> three quarters counterclockwise and, like, and I'm, well, a, I'm gonna assume people signing up for like the capcom online thing is gonna deter some people but it just get through it and like you said the the Capcomy cute kind of B movie quality. You you nailed it like that. That is the appeal, and honestly, just some new IP is welcome. Well, that that's the thing about it though is like because of that B gaminess, and and even at times I'm like, guys, it feels like we're playing in the open beta, not mm, the actual yeah that's game I mean. launched because it because the content felt so it, it seems pretty minimal. And again, apparently, again. We just needed to put 10 more hours and more stuff will <laughs> there's, unlock. There's a story progression wheel, and it's like, I don't care yeah. about your story. Does this unlock anything else? And it turns out it does. That part's cool, though, because that's the part that, like, Destiny sort of gets wrong, is, like, you really have to go digging for the lore, whereas this game's but like, yeah, it's all in this Since you're talking menu. about, like, B-gamingness of it, like, that the story is just completely, like, there's it's not just ludonarrative distance. The story is almost completely disconnected from the action. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the story itself kind of... I don't, it gave me, like, vibes from, like, Devil's Third or like, Wanted Dead, where it's just, like, we start, like, in Medius Res with this elite team that is all, they're all kind of grumpy, and we don't really know much about them, and uh, we're not really given a strong reason to care, because the we only see them in cutscenes the rest of the time your rookie operative is just, oh, that supercomputer, that, that AI is going to pull you into his time vortex yeah. for some war games. And, and you're in a mech suit, so you can't even see his face, so there's mm-hmm. not much attachment there. Yeah. But it's, it's um what I, I think where I was headed toward is like, it's one of those games, because it's on Game Pass, that I'm like, this is fun, I could put some more hours into this, but I would be disappointed just because the content felt so I limited, did. I'm like... If I paid full price for this game, I might feel a bit oh, disappointed. No, you know, like on other platforms like PlayStation, or if I'm playing because there is cross-platform, by the way. So yep. the matchmaking goes pretty quick because it's 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 in there right now. So, uh, but but it is a little strange because like you know, PC players on Game Pass cannot play with Steam players, and I don't think Steam players can play with you know cross-platform console players yeah. either. Yeah. Um. But it is. Uh. Yeah. It's. It's a fun, fun little thing. But but you you did say, like, somebody was pointing out that it opens up. That if you stick with it, like, f- yeah. after, f- for, for the in- entire time we played, like, all we were doing was the dinosaur coals over and over again. And where you, it's just like, it spawns in a bunch of dinos. You shoot them, you move on. And, uh, and even if, though we were picking, like, PvE matches, every match was PvP. And so, uh, but, but somebody was saying like it opens up there's more match types there's more things to do yeah you there's a certain story point apparently where um stuff will start open up and there will be more modes it just for me personally like because i i think before i was playing by the way we should have mentioned this is one of the rare times michael chris and i got online together to play a game together that rarely happens right mm-hmm. a miracle last time a was miracle. that ninja turtles game shredder's revenge uh, 
I'd say outside game. of the two hours we spent playing, I probably put in another four to five, right? And I and yet it was all the same stuff for me. So I, I didn't reach that point yet. I it's, put in it's, less than one, and it was the exact yeah, same. For it, me. So it, it feels after, it feels maybe, maybe I didn't put four to five. Maybe that was total, but it's it's still. I'm like, man, I really wish there was more content that they presented to you up front because it did at least the the few hours I put in. It's like, yeah, I'm, all, the maps are all the same. It's all on this island because that's the premise. Is is like, yeah, you. I guess the the story, the premise, we should say. You're playing through yeah. a simulation. It's an AI that's running what, simulations what to, to try doing? to improve mech technology to fight some unknown threat that. I don't know if it's the dinosaurs or not. Like, we're, so, we have so, to. Yeah, what you're doing doesn't feel dinosaurs. particularly important. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just fighting fake dinosaurs to help. In, and, and I know I'm fighting fake dinosaurs. Yeah, if they want video you to game, watch but... cutscenes and, and, and go dig into Codex and figure out, like, the story and, like, nothing I'm doing is involved with in the story. It's, it's kind of clever, about? very meta in a way, because it's almost a commentary on the hamster wheel of online live service games themselves, right? It's, it's kind of like, yeah. We're going to drop you in the same match a thousand times. And th- this is the story reason for it is this AI put you there. It's this, Of course it's the same match, but it's just like... Uh, I, 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 I feel un- underqualified to comment because it's not what I wanted it to be. There's not many glimmers of EDF, Left 4 Dead, or Monster Hunter, which I thought there would be. It feels more like playing Overwatch competitively when you can't... <laughs> but you're racing someone you can't see. And um, I just yeah. saw. I just looked up reviews, and just the first one was like, "So primal ends Capcom's winning streak." <laughs> oh no! Uh, There's also a little evolve in there. It does let you oh, spawn yeah. and become a dinosaur, and so that that that's kind Never of fun happened when to that me. happens. And hours of gameplay, but, but it seems to be random whether it you know you you spawn that dinosaur and take control of it. It seems to be random whether you then get to. Uh, defend your team and fight off dinosaurs, or you just get warped across the map to grief the other team for a while. Yeah, it definitely takes you somewhere because the, the the level disappears, and then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the, some of the actual like you. multiplayer non co op stuff seems very puzzle fightery. Like you do something and it drops something you can't see into the player. You can grief the other team, but it's just like I'm trying to solve my objective. Why can't I just do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, as an Xbox Game Pass person, uh, it's better than Redfall. There you go. It's better than crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, is that is that all we have to say about Exoprimal, then? Or? I think so. Okay. I feel, I feel underqualified, but my instincts say this is not good. Okay. Ryan, I think we're, we're losing you at this point. So, yeah. uh, once again, tell people about Zanzizi and where to find you on socials, wherever, if you want. Sure. Uh, Zanzizi Podcast on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Podcast, whatever device you have it on it's on all those things also on youtube in fact our most recent episode i had michael on for presidential families we Am talked about camera you are did you have you billy, see you talk his... about billy beer we did talk about billy beer we also talked Hell about yeah. peanut lolita mm-hmm. which is the the liqueur he he uh, was spokesman for oh that's true oh. Uh, baby ruth did she come up no no that's no a, I, it was Robert one of those Cleveland's daughter 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. We we talked about uh, different presidents and their estranged some of family members, but also their children. And uh, yeah, it was a fun talk. And uh, you should check us out there, YouTube, if you like to see faces. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's about it. Also, I did want to mention uh, my band Glassfield. We just got done recording Electrical Audio in Chicago, new record this yeah. uh, hopefully this early. We'll say November-ish. Oh, that's cool. What kind of music do you play? Uh, I guess if you like rock. Uh, Never heard of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, some of it's very heavy, so uh, yeah. it, it leans probably in the Midwest, sh- shoegaze, rock. If you like bands like Hum, Shiner. Um, wow. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you like songs like Greengrass and High Tides, they're the band for you. It's uh, that's you all go. they play. <laughs> Twelve minute failure. That's all I hear. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, I didn't mean to say that. What's the band name? Twelve minute again? failure is a good band name, by the way. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. The band. Yeah. The band's called Glassfield. It's on Spotify and all Glassfield. this stuff. Cool. So. Michael, it. Matt, and I are twelve minute failure, and our only job is to battle Jared Leto's band wherever it goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, also out this week, my friendly neighborhood plays this game. Played a bit of this. I'm intrigued and disgusted. It is a really, really good looking. Uh, I guess it's a like a survival horror immersive sim where huh? you are a like a technician who is sent to like ah this. The, the puppets came alive at this uh, this TV studio. Go up on top of it and shut off the antenna because it's playing over the news. Let's get a union guy in here to mm-hmm. deal with these murderous robots. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a game in the vein of you know it, it's it would not exist without Five Nights at Freddy's, um, but it's it's a pretty decent game just on its own. Uh, a- again, it it looks fantastic and. You're kind of walking around. You you interact with a sock puppet who keeps popping up and telling you, you know what what you're supposed to be doing. And uh, that is how the world works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look out for our janitor. We sent him down here in the basement because he doesn't know how to operate the elevator. Uh, yeah. But if uh, there's no uh, Syphil and Ollie or Petco references in this game, I'm out. What right? There there what? are tons of like alternate universe Jim Henson references though like you keep seeing posters for uh, the shadowy sapphire and the magic maze and uh, a a puppet's winter song Um, the most I've written in a week was on the laser time Facebook community about the Muppets Mm -hmm. but my always my knee jerk reaction I other than Five Nights at Freddy's because like the Chuck E. Cheese stuff is dead Mm -hmm. I somehow deeply resent like there's a darkness behind all this children's nice stuff. I, my immediate reaction is like, "Fuck that, the smoochie." Um, mm. <laughs> like, uh, but but this looked really fucking cool. Yeah. Kind of what you like in your mind. You wanted Five Nights at Freddy's to be, and to, it took a long time to become kind of a game. And and like it's it, the the premise seems to be no, the puppets are actually alive, and mm-hmm. uh, they've just I, I guess nobody's paying attention to them so they've just taken over their their set and are broadcasting their show like they're still on the air yeah they're all they're all filled with the bodies of people with 70s hairstyles that no one bothers to recognize anymore <laughs> carol spinney's like prince valiant mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Never see him walking down the street. <laughs> but the biggest star in the world. It, but a, a lot of the gameplay is just like you're walking around, you're exploring, you're solving puzzles, and like the puppets will just be standing around, flailing their arms, and like going off on these weird monologues mm. that sound like you know the kind of thing you'd record for a children's television workshop. Like, hey, do you have a friend? Oh, here, here's a fun art project you can do, kids. You can draw a triangle. Now draw two more. Now draw a line in between them. That's the international sign for hazardous waste. <laughs> now put that on the door of wherever you keep your thermonuclear weapons. And I'm I'm kind of in. Yeah, and so the the weapons that you get, you start out with like a pipe wrench, and then you get this this pistol that's like the ammo for it is it looks like a Rolodex. And so you're just shooting uh, letters that become like big three-dimensional letters when you shoot them, and they just knock the puppets out. Uh, they will respawn the next time you enter the room, unless you like you can get a few rolls of duct tape, and then if you tape them up, they can't get up again. They'll just like lie there wherever you type tape them up, and they'll just babble. And it's letters like letter of the day letters, exactly. or like I mailed you like a letter. A, That's B, hilarious. C. And and I think yeah, one of the ways that you accomplish goals is like you'll get a letter and then you go to a mailbox and you mail it. And like, all right, you're done with this section now. Here's the thing you need to move on to the next one. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a little more limited than I would like. You know, like there's no jump button. There's no you know aim down sights. Uh, so it, it can be a little tricky to be accurate. Fortunately, the guns don't require a lot of accuracy because your ammo is quite big. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's neat. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, also played a game called Gravity Circuit, which is an NES-style throwback. Um, but I, I feel like this is to Mega Man X what the messenger was to Ninja Gaiden. Like, we clearly okay. are heavily inspired by this, but we're going to modernize, modernize the shit out of the gameplay so that it feels super responsive and fun. Uh, but wow. at the same time, it feels familiar to like you know the kind of the games that you'd play back in the day. So the opposite of Mighty Number no. Nine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. and interestingly, like you don't your character in this doesn't shoot. He uh, he's like a martial artist. So you you do a lot of punches and kicks, and you get things gradually. Like there's a grappling hook that you can use to. Uh, you know, bionic commando style. You can hit enemies with it. You can grab things with it. You can swing from from ceilings with it. And I haven't gotten far enough to verify this, but like it has the selectable multiple bosses. So I'm guessing you take their powers when you kill them and uh, get to use them. But uh, yeah, Gravity Circuit. If you're looking Dude, for this, looks cool. Nice. It does look great. Um, if you're looking oh. for a Mega Man style game, heavy recommend from me. Hmm. Uh, also, Jagged Alliance Three. Uh, wow. Came out, which is uh, I'm, I'm not really I've never really played Jagged Alliance. I, I've heard mostly like PC gamer editors yes. enthused. A long about time it. coming though, man. That's mm -hmm. like ten years. Yeah, and this is also a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's a game where like you're you're put in charge of a team of mercenaries who you hire from pool, and uh, then you you know march them through. Uh, semi-open maps and then when when you get seen by enemies and you get into firefights it becomes like an XCOM style game with like a grid and cover and you know turn-based shooting uh and you know one of the the first character it recommends you you hire is this guy named steroid who's just like voiced by a bad arnold schwarzenegger impression 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds like that. Dresses like Duke Nukem. And, uh... <laughs> Duke Nukem is dressed like Arnold, let's be yeah, clear. Yeah, all right, fair. Uh, and, yeah, hire a couple of other people and uh, use their skills to survive in this island that's fighting uh, gorillas. I, I don't know. It's fun. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's very silly. Uh, and the action's pretty good. So, again, if you, if you want, like, an XCOM-style experience... Uh, it's hard to go wrong with that one. Yeah. And if you prefer more real-time strategy, uh, Pikmin 4. <laughs> None of us have played this, but it will be it out by the time you hear this. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, it, getting good reviews. Yeah. IGN gave it a 9. I'm, I'm, it is a, a Pikmin game is getting well-reviewed. I don't believe it. I don't. I don't want to go off too much on this because, like, it's just a personal experience. I have never loved a Pikmin game more than I did Pikmin 1. I feel like everything they added to this, like, well, that wasn't fun, but you had to make another game. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, sure. I'm, like, super skeptical. Uh, but it's just never a series I've been dying to see move forward. I just love the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird and miraculous that the first one even got a sequel that game would yep, have been the yep. perfect one-off game no need for a sequel whatsoever but and yet they did it not against pikmin but like i am i am not interested and i bought that what is the fucking switch ambassador program the voucher, the voucher i will thing. not be redeeming it for hmm. all right all right well mm-hmm. I'll, i will check it out and if it's worth discussing we'll discuss it next week but mm. in the meantime that is all the new releases this week so let's uh. move along to Oh boy. So uh, idiots are complaining about the ability for their male and female digital puppets to play against each other in the new Football Club 24. That's the new FIFA. Um, Guys, it's a video game. Like, what, I'm what not super here? involved in social media, but like, I feel like I caught the backlash to the backlash of this. And it's just like, I didn't see the initial thing. Are people really caring about this? So okay, it's in the ultimate team mode, which used to be the you know the the FIFA ultimate team, the foot mode. Where you can play That's with the dead thing people. Where you buy the the trading card packs and you build your ultimate team. And I think what the idiots are complaining about is they're like, well, if their stats are the same, the women are just as competitive as men. And we know in real life that wouldn't be the case in soccer. Blah blah. blah. It's by the way, the U.S. women's team has done better than the men's better. team for the past. Mm-hmm. Decades, my dude. I'm dudes. not playing against Mia Ham. She might show her tits and distract me and get a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, she might. Suck. I mean, I'd be open to it if it happened. I don't know. What a you cool know, thing! I'd... What a cool thing to exist. Yeah, I'm saying as someone who has no interest in this at all. What a cool thing to exist. Shut the fuck up, it's, idiots! It's a video Ugh. game, and honestly, like, it's Ugh. one of the more annoying things that I can't remember if they still do it or not. But for a while there, um, those WWE games would not allow yeah. intergender matches and I think they still they still don't. It's like there's something some, some yeah. weird thing like if you're playing in a tag team, you can't like technically wrestle the girl or something, or maybe they've gotten away from it, but it's like it's a video game. Let yes. me do whatever the hell in I want. In the real world it's, it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. I get it. Yeah. However We can't have Chun Li going up against Guile. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. What would the people that's say? Misogyny. What would the people say? Yeah. I hate the world. <laughs> It's really dumb, and it, it's, like, one of the great examples of just, like, 
God, you guys just have to find something to complain about, don't yeah. you? Like this, this, then this is not a real issue. We can't have Mercy going up against Winston. He's a powerful gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I don't know if this next story has more to do with the Microsoft Activision merger, or perhaps more to do with the not great performance of Overwatch Two. Because uh, so, Blizzard is so out there. cute of you not to say failure. Well, but but Blizzard was out there just kind of confirming that engagement and numbers are kind of slipping in Overwatch Two, and that is why Overwatch Two is going to be the first Blizzard game in a while, I think over a decade, to be released on Steam coming mm. August 10th. I thought you were going to say, and that's why Overwatch 2 is becoming Overwatch 1 again. <laughs> I'm sure it has nothing to do with the Overwatch League totally falling apart mm. and like the eSports viability of this game not existing. Open it up to new people, maybe you got a shot. I think the stink is on this game. It's going to be hard to shake. But I said the same thing about uh, uh, Cyberpunk, and Steam proved me wrong. So so the, there was a post from Blizzard, and their official reasoning here is they want to do this to break down the barriers between gaming communities. Read, we want to improve matchmaking times and need those yep. Steam player numbers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, that fine. Like, I love it. I love it. Yes, put more stuff in more places and make it more available to people. Yes, the, the fact that... For the longest time, you had to have the Battle.net launcher or whatever. Um, yeah, come on. Most people play on Steam. Let them play their games on Steam. I get it. So. Uh, let's see. Oh, now this is definitely related to the uh, Xbox uh, or Microsoft Activision thing. Uh, Xbox has signed a binding agreement with PlayStation to keep Call of Duty on their systems. This, no doubt, in response to... That court decision uh, we talked about last week, which is like, the deal can basically go through now. Sony knows that. Of course they want to keep Call of Duty on their platform. We talked about some of the numbers that leaked out. How They make literally hundreds of millions of dollars, just them, per year, on their platform. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't, you keep, uh, why wouldn't you keep Call of Duty on that platform? Uh, I personally can't wait to bring up the news a year or two from now how Xbox finds a way to screw Sony despite this deal. No, we'll give you a Call of Duty. Yeah, we'll give you a Call of Duty, but it's the fucking Wii U version of Call of Duty Ghosts. Uh, or, or, or like for Game Pass members, we'll drop all DLC prices and give it uh, a week early. Well, that, that was one of Sony's contentions, wasn't it? Like, what's mm, was to stop it? them from sabotaging our version and releasing a substandard yeah. one for PlayStation? Oh, they will. They, like, I no. I, again, as, as, as a consumer... I'm looking forward to this deal. This is not good hmm. uh, uh, on the macro level. Not good at all. And I cannot wait to see what kind of bullshit Microsoft pulls because they will. I So I don't know. I'm going to jump ahead. There is a related news story here where basically like Microsoft, I think they have – they do the math to determine like, well, what's going to be platform exclu exclusive versus not, right? And so – um, in this news story, basically Xbox thinks Game Pass can help offset tens of millions of lost revenue from Starfield and the other big exclusive. You remember what the other big exclusive is so far, gentlemen? Because it reminded me that this game Red exists. Ball. Indiana Jones, the exclusive oh, Xbox oh, Indiana right. Jones game coming. So they've done the math to be like, yeah, we can keep those exclusive and only lose tens of millions and it's worth it because we're going to get more Game Pass subscriptions. I think at the moment 
Mm. Call of Duty is still too big and would and probably outweighs any potential new subscriber numbers to Game Pass by keeping True. it Xbox exclusive. Yeah, but it, it still is a big caveat or a big uh, a big coup to be able to say the biggest game you pay seventy dollars a year for you'll always get for free on Xbox. Mm. I don't know why I never made this mental connection before, but the way you just said Starfield right now, like Starfield, you ate all the stars on ya. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> Matt's laughing. I'm confused. It yeah. sounds like Starfield. Oh, Starfield? Starfield? Why are you buying <laughs> stars on you? Uh, <laughs> my pebbles! Starfield, uh, yeah, Starburns. None of us did a good John Arbuckle there. I think that's everyone's I, I, I don't remember what that guy's supposed to sound like. I do. He sounds like this. You know, Garfield. I wonder why people don't like me sometimes. Yeah, it's because you're gay, John. Right, yes. Um, like, <laughs> uh, Maddie, what are we talking about next? Uh, well, talking? still this merger. Um, and so uh, the merger, no doubt, still happening. Um, there was a July, I think it was July 18th is the deadline for this thing to have gone through. Otherwise, like, Microsoft would have had to pay Activision $3 billion, with a B, dollars. Um, don't worry. They're still hooking up. They've just agreed to take it slow. So they mutually agreed to keep the deal on pause while they figure out this UK situation. So I, they're not splitting was, up. No one needs to pay the $3 billion. Basically, they've just given themselves a longer deadline to make the merger happen. I don't I don't want to call it clickbaity, but some people are speculating like this is opportunity for Activision to wiggle out of the deal. But it is funny to recognize this only happened when Activision was about to be like hyper regulated by California and was going through the worst PR disaster it ever had ever gone through as a company and everyone forgot about it mm-hmm. once this deal happened. And now that they've forgotten, dude, Bobby Kotick, who's to say like nah, give it back to Vince McMahon this whole thing. <laughs> like, well, um, I don't think it's, they will. I don't think so it's possible. There's too many people. They've themselves now till October, and the ante goes up. So if the deal falls through this time, Microsoft has to pay $3.5 billion. So That's Elon Musk-style idi- idiocy. Like, uh, <laughs> Just add another $500 million. It's fine. It's a rounding error to Microsoft, apparently. So. <laughs> Jesus. In, in a spreadsheet they own. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then – so it, I guess it, it scales up too. If the deal does not close before – August 29th, uh, okay, Microsoft will now have to pay Activision Blizzard $3.5 billion if the deal doesn't close before August, sorry, and $4.5 billion if it fails to close before September. Um, and so it looks like there's some penalties that it, that's meant to speed the deal up, basically. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll speed the deal up. And then the termination date would be if it doesn't get done before October 18th, they're just like, hey, we're done. We can't get this thing done. So um, it's going to I hate to hear happen. it because, again, like uh, – Morally, I'm opposed to this, but like, uh, Chrysaly, when can I not pay for Diablo 4? Hmm. Gimme. Gimme. Don't think that'll happen, right? Like, otherwise, because I I do, well, with Bethesda, did everything become free right away, or was it, did it take a little while? It wasn't right away, but it was everything all at once. We did get like the special Skyrim anniversary. You saw you saw that news thing of like Xbox or uh, Bethesda people messaging Microsoft like, "Hey, why did we have to be exclusive to your platform and no one else?" Hmm. Yeah. That shit wasn't hammered out, and the FC, uh, the FTC wasn't looking at that at all because they don't know what Fallout is. 
Well, actually, that's a good question. So I think last week we were talking about, like, is WoW going to be included in this? That's hilarious. Is, is Elder no, Scrolls really. Online included in Game Pass? Yeah, I bet it's, it will be. I think it is. Hmm. It, it was at one point. But, but but no, here's, I think, how they get around it is, you know, you, you still charge for DLC on right. Game Pass, right? And so, like, you could theoretically say that all of those expansions for Elder Scrolls Online, you, you would have to pay for it because they're technically DLC, right? So right. maybe everyone... And I think, e, I think ESO we, we is free about to that. play they anyway. Signed, they, yeah. they signed that deal with Riot, and they, it's like, you know, Riot's game is free, or League of Legends is free, but, like, Xbox offered all this shit that was hyper-premium if you're playing it anywhere else. I know we don't know enough about it to talk about it, but that is what's, yeah. <laughs> that's what the yeah. deal is going to look yeah. like. So, so this is going to shock some listeners because I rarely am able to say this on a show. Um, there, 22 Republicans, House Republicans, wrote a letter to the FTC, and I agree with them. They're calling on the FTC to drop their opposition, like no more appeals, because basically their thing is like, you don't know what you're talking about, and you're wasting taxpayer dollars by continuing to go back to court for this thing. And it's like, now, yeah. I don't agree with... The points they make in a very, very Republican thing. All they want is deregulation. Blah, 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 blah. But they're not wrong. In this case, we've gone over many reasons why I think the FTC was out of their league, didn't know what they're talking about, and it showed when they went to court. It's just like, yeah. Like, I'm not saying they're wrong, but it does sound as if they haven't made a very compelling case. And, like, yeah. Yeah. by all means, you know, demonstrate that this is. We're defending on on, uh, baby boomers on the left to understand video game economics, mm-hmm. which they don't. Republicans don't give a shit about, like, video game jobs. They just want deregulation on behalf of massive oh, yeah. corporations. Yeah, and, th- and so, like, this is an example. In principle, I agree with the result. I don't I don't agree with this statement. So here's their official statement. The FTC's case, they all got a southern accent, against Microsoft's acquisition of Activision is the latest in a series of actions that are clearly designed to impede legitimate mergers and acquisitions while ignoring decades of settled FTC practice. So they're basically like, it's this whole, yeah, Republicans just News want flash, things mergers to merge. and acquisitions and, harm employees and mm-hmm. consumers in the long run. And Matt Gates doesn't care about that. I appreciate your southern accent. They don't care about that either. And they don't care about gamers and fuck the never mind keep going Matt yep. I'm sorry but again no you know, d- 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 we're all the same, same rarely side. do I get to say that I agree with the Repub- Republicans on a thing but it's right, like, right. Yeah, like I, I said from the beginning they're, they're going to win this because they're going to outweigh people it doesn't matter they're, there's mm-hmm. a giant mm-hmm. corporation at stake remember the, the, the former president's like I'm going to block this Time Warner AT&T merger and Ron Howard he didn't <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> <laughs> he didn't because money's too strong. So then, uh, last bit of news here. End of an era. Yes, it is an end of an era because Major Nelson retired. But no, that's not the Microsoft end of an era I'm referring to. Um, Xbox Live Gold is dead. Um, Good! Long live Game Pass Core. So yeah, Xbox has officially dropped that moniker. The, the games with gold and all that. If you are an Xbox Live Gold member, I think it's... They, they roll you in. You are now technically classified as Game Pass Core. The, the big, big, giant thing here is, um, look, if you, if you signed up for Game Pass with Gold, you're gonna, or, or uh, Xbox Live Gold, you're going to like Game Pass. But the one big difference is permanently keeping those games. That is going away. 
no, I think I think anything you've gotten to that time, you do yes. get to permanently keep. Right? But everything from here on out, like let's say the next twenty years, you're on a you know Netflix model, like as long as it's here, you don't get to keep anything under, under the core uh, subscription. Yeah, yeah, and so I think I think what this changes to is instead of getting two free games a month or three or whatever it was, you know, at one at one time, it moves to more of this subscription model where what core gets you access to is kind of this library of it's a short list it's like a, it's like mm-hmm. part of the game pass offering so they it's like still telling you games. to to up your up your subscription but it is better than games of gold in my opinion yes and so like so here's the, here's the list of the games that are starting when this happens in mid September is when this takes into effect so um among us descenders dishonored 2 doom eternal fable anniversary fallout 4 Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade, Sinuous Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, that's a good one, State of Decay 2, and there we go, to answer our question from earlier, The Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel yeah. Unlimited. Oh, thank God. Uh, there it is. Um. So yeah, you, you basically get access uh, to this... Very, very small sampling of Game Pass offerings. And for what, what is it, $10 a month or whatever is, is what gold was? They're, they're basically saying, uh, yeah, I you paid annually. It was, it, was, it, was the, it was always $60 a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, me. yeah. And I'm paying $110 a year and getting infinitely more now. So, mm. yeah. So, yeah, this will be $10 a month. So then Game Pass console, that's what they're calling that now, that's $11 a month. PC is $10 a month, or Ultimate, if you want to get everything, $17 a month. Wait, I, I didn't think about that. Like, um, Xbox Live Gold was initially, like, what this is just what you do to play online. Eventually, they offered free games. What is the price to play Xbox games online now? Is it just core? Because, it, Matt, Matt, my favorite news story of the week, by the way, was... The 2007 Shadowrun got a massive update. <laughs> the the it's 360 played... multiplayer game? Yes, wow. it did. It got a huge update with patch notes. So, and, and I told you guys that story. It was it was 10 years ago when we did this. We were we were invading multiplayer lobbies where, like, you know, it's not popular, but there's still, like, 40 people in here being maniacs. Shadowrun was crazy because they kicked me out immediately. They didn't. I could hear them talking and they weren't they weren't fighting they were doing stuff and I, i'm like what are you guys doing like kick this rando <laughs> kick this rando out and so apparently people have been still playing it in shadowrun shadowrun 07 got an update this week that improves things you can still what? play that game yeah hmm. but if you have a 360 and you have shadowrun your xbox live subscription now doesn't work anymore <laughs> what well here's what's so weird i don't i don't understand this okay so here's the four with the four tiers, as I mentioned. So core is like a sampling of game. Core does include the online multiplayer, so that's ten bucks a month, right? Okay. Yeah. The next, so the console, which includes the full offering of Game Pass games, that's the one that's twelve bucks. Does not include multiplayer. What? If you if you want to play multiplayer, you have oh, to go no. ultimate for the seventeen a month. Oh, so no. but, so it's like they're basically making you. That's so. It doesn't affect us, but like that's a massive shakeup. That's really weird because it's like, are they just basically directing people like either go the ten dollar route if you're in a multiplayer, or go the seventeen? 
who would just go the 12 at that point? Like if you, if you just, I don't use it that much, but I'm like, I like the idea that I'm able to do multiplayer with you guys on Xbox. Like it's so strange. That no, is, I, th- uh, I think they, they know that like, there's not enough people, even console gamers out there who want to pay for multiplayer access. So they include a bunch of other billions of other bells and whistles to make that possible. Yeah. And, and, and Xbox live gold has always been like this showcase in the middle of stuff. Like this is a, for the last year or two, at least, has been like, this is a bad tier. You're paying $10 a month for $2. Like, we'll give you two $2 games for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, and it, so it, now it's it's much more like, yeah, PlayStation had that. Remember when they launched, it was kind of like the PS Plus library on PS5. It was almost yeah. like the early adopter award. So the Xbox, the Game Pass core offerings a little bit like, okay, I'm seeing, I'm seeing where the value is. I'm, I'm looking at the offerings now. The other thing you get with Ultimate that you don't get on Game Pass console you get that EA Play. Mm. And so, like, if you give Great. a shit at all about any of the EA sports games or whatever, like, Ultimate is the offer you're going to go to because it's like, yeah, I get all the yeah. EA Play, I get multiplayer, and I get the access to the big library. But I guess it's like there are there is probably a subset of people who don't give a shit about the EA games who don't play online. I might most months classify myself more as that game pass console player like yeah if i just want access to the console library i'll save myself five bucks a month i mean I but that's why i still keep keep paying for both because like what ubisoft plus is including in, in one and ea access is included in another i don't always care about those games but it's awesome to have like infinite free access when i do mm-hmm. i i think I, I i don't know michael i i accidentally bought the far cry 6 dlc and i'm like i don't actually own far cry 6 on station what am i gonna do and like oh it's free sweet yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's free <laughs> nice now you can play it yeah it's it still seems to me like it's meant to force people into an upper tier yeah which is, is. i was about to say like just get the highest tier one then you'll know you have everything <laughs> and like yeah. and like I, i'm speaking on behalf of a poor here like uh, i know it's a big expense but it's nowhere near what my gaming expenses were before game pass it's yeah it's really good yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, because to some people, $5 a month, that's a big difference, and they want a budget for that stuff, and so... No, uh, no, no, yeah, I'm not I'm not shitting on people who are on lower incomes, it's just, like, I do my taxes at the end of the year, so I get to, like, you know, write down games as expenses, and it, Xbox Game Pass has made a massive difference, like, mm-hmm. uh, in, in how much I, like, am trying to write off at the end of the year, because, like, so much stuff comes there day one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible, it's, it's still too good to be true. Which, and that's know. that's also one of the bigger differences between the core offering and then ultimate, you know, because core is just that subsample. You're not going to get those day one first party releases. That's all the other versions of Game Pass, right? So again, yeah, they're they're steering you like you should really be doing ultimate if you do multiplayer. You should come over here and pay us. Now it's 17 a month was 15. So uh, yeah, all right. Well, we'll see how that turns out for them. But uh, R.I.P. Xbox games with gold. It was a good run. Uh, how, it was a long run too. It was like seriously it was like twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like I was playing Xbox Live. I was paying for Xbox Live on a twenty-seven inch JVC Xbox with broadband that I paid right. out the nose for. I was I was playing live when you had to buy live. In a as a box product with, on with shelves headset. that came yeah. with a headset yeah. and a, a CD or DVD, I forget which one it was. That was like, this is the software that's going to run the online stuff on our yeah, Xbox. It, it, and console. it comes with Tetris Worlds and 
two levels of Capcom's MotoGP. <laughs> it's a, what a weird series. Uh, wow. Good game, though. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying so, to, yeah. I'm trying to remember when, like, I think PlayStation Plus was first, and that was, like, seen as a really good deal. Like, oh, two no. free games a month. Holy shit. And then, no, 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 it wasn't. Xbox. It wasn't Xbox first, was first. Are you sure? Because PlayStation Plus didn't come around no, no, until well, Microsoft PS3. launched Xbox Live I'm as a about way games to... with gold specifically. I know, I know, but like that was just a thing that was included in your already live subscription. PS Plus. Oh, no, you might be right. P- like PlayStation. Oh, you mean in terms of giving out free games? Yes. I thought yeah, it was. Michael I thought might it was be right about Microsoft that. He is Wikiparis for a reason. Uh, PlayStation might have offered free games to 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 in its Xbox Live Gold service. Yeah, the live gold service definitely yeah. first. I don't, I don't remember if games with gold came before PS Plus or not. But it, it was even, an arms even race, right? Even when you look like, at, at PlayStation Plus, so I guess that was cool. E3 2013. So wow. when did PlayStation Plus debut? When you look at uh, PlayStation Plus, the core version, it's like there is a big Call of Duty game in Alan Wake remastered. They still have an incentive in making this worthwhile, and my, and, and I don't think Microsoft has in a while. No, no, we've been we've been kind of it's been a running joke on the show for at least one year, perhaps two of like, here's these great PlayStation games. You've, you've definitely heard of these. These are coming to PS Plus and then on the Microsoft side. It's like, here's this indie that, yes, we enjoyed, but it's like, yeah. what? It's, it's, it's like, a good game, but it's cheaper on sale than half of your subscription. Like, don't mm-hmm. do this. Upgrade. All right. So, just for the record, PlayStation Plus started offering free games in 2010. Xbox oh! Games with Gold started in 2013. Uh, I preemptively okay. Wiki Paris myself. I knew he was correct because I suck at dates and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just remembered like when it debuted at E3. It was yeah. like, considered a really big deal. It was. It was a huge coup because mm-hmm. they they launched their multiplayer subscription service a little later than Xbox Live, mm-hmm. but they were like, but two free games a month. What? Two free games a month. Yeah, <laughs> what a coup! Of course, I'll pay. But to Xbox play Live Gold was two thousand and three, right? Now, was it called Gold? Let's let's talk a little history. It was, was it called Gold then, or did they need to distinguish? No, they had a, they had gold a silver, silver version later. Yeah, was they it, had a silver wasn't version. Live like the free tier, and then Gold mm-hmm. was paid? Yeah, because because if you remember, you never like had to give a console your email, and for Xbox yeah. Live Silver, that was kind of enough for Microsoft, like. Let us well, bombard it, it was a your inbox forever. Digital games, like mm. all, yeah. all Silver did, was get you the ability to like log into the console and go to the online shop. No, there right? was no online store. When well, it in launched. the original Xbox, you're right. There was no online store. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Silver came about until Xbox 360 generation. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, you I might think right. it might have just been Xbox Live. Period. To begin yeah, with, I think it might have been. Yeah, and then I and remember then the box. Silver. It was. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So man, end of an year. God, twenty. I never would have believed you if I'm you not, said I'm Xbox Live around. was 20 years old. We literally filled a segment with just trying to remember information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was information I have not tried to recall in a while. And it's important. Mm. Yeah. I still remember playing Mech Assault on Xbox Live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. it came, did it come free fun. after a while? Yeah, I think it did. Probably. All right. Well, yeah, that's all the news. Oh, that's the all the last news, news that Matt, play online. Matt Cowardly didn't include... Uh-huh. Super Nintendo World now has a walk around toad. I'm I'm kind of shocked true. they didn't have that in the first place. Me too, but when you look at the costume, it's like it's different proportions to a human being and it looks like they're looking up the red spot in I'm not going to call it his turban. Hmm. But uh I'm just going to leave that there. Uh but it also 
and I'm not encouraging this, but if you do it, please use this on the news. It looks like the most fun walk around character to beat up. Like you could take the most punishment. <laughs> the toad walk around character. It's oh, probably so some poor woman in there who's just oh, trying to. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. It is, a, it is shorter. It is a shorter person. Fuck. Yeah. Most uh, costume characters are short women, yeah. including Mickey Mouse, not just Minnie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Think of that the next time you decide to shove or beat up a mascot. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it since uh, Chuck E. Cheese, and even then, I was uh, intimately familiar with the person in the costume, and it was really fun. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. it does cushion you from certain amount of punches. He was my friend. All right. Mm. Fair enough. Let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, what's a game that has never had a re-release but needs one? Uh, on VigiGamePocalypse.com, Vocalix says... Dead Rising 2 had a couple of XBLA games and expansions that are sort of lost to time. The first, Case Zero, was a prologue to the game that let you play around with the mechanics and level up a bit, then carry that progress over into the full game. The second, Case West, had Chuck teaming up with Frank West to go take down and expose the company that caused the outbreak in the main game. While I think they're still technically available as backwards-compatible 360 titles, it's a shame they weren't integrated into the Dead Rising 2 remaster a few yeah. years back because they're both fun little supplements to the main game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't they available for PS4 also? I could be wrong. I don't know because at the time, um, I thought that was the only three. Because remember how weird it was to have Dead Rising 2 launch on PlayStation? Because no one thought mm-hmm. that was going to happen. Yeah. And, right. and these yeah. all came beforehand. Uh, yeah, and I, I saw. I just want to like highlight one I saw on the Facebook and didn't collect. Like uh, in terms of Capcom, someone said Zach and Wiki, and it was a really great oh, yeah. thing about like uh, Zach and Wiki is like one of the only third party games like designed around the Wii. But everything you look into, like you could do any of this on any platform, making the Wii less special. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little waggle here. The Joy Cons, the Joy Cons are better Wii remotes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hey, buddy, you got to slow your car down and let me in. Uh, says <laughs> says hey, it's been a while. Anyways, the game uh, that's never received a re-release is Splatterhouse 2010. Mm. Uh, I purchased an Xbox just to play that game, and it's not wow. playable. Uh, it's not on the PlayStation Store. Uh, it's uh, it's it's fucking nowhere. Uh, I have a disc and I can't play the game. I can't download the game. <laughs> I can't what? do anything. Uh, yeah, it does seem weird. Uh, the game uh, got a lot of hate because it's repetitive, but its job is being repetitive. Because yeah, dude, it's Splatterhouse for fuck's mm-hmm. sake. Being repetitive is its job, as he says. Um, there. <laughs> um, uh, it, it came uh, with all three uh, OG games for free as bonus contact. Content and it has a naked lady plus Jim Cummings. Uh, come on, <laughs> re-release uh, fix. Come out with a sequel. I, I remember we were we were in the industry at the time, and it was like that game brought down the studio. Uh, mm. Bottle Rocket, I think it was. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh it, wow, I was in that movie. No, no, not that one where you sleep with the <laughs> sleep with a Hispanic maid and then sell yeah. out all your friends. You're a real good guy. I, I, like I, I guess he'd know if he's trying to play the disc. Is it's if it's not backward right. compatible? I wish he elaborated on that because, yeah. like, I would assume. I, yeah, if you have the disc, like you should be able to play it. I, 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 I don't know. 
going back and playing it a few years ago and right. thinking like, well, why didn't I like this game? Oh, because yeah. it's it's the the action is fine. It's the platforming that sucks. Mm. Yeah. Well, remember for the backwards compat, it's not actually playing the game off that disc in your Xbox. It it is basically checking to make sure you oh, own it, right. and they have to do work on all of those games to ensure that they are emulated right. properly. Basically, well, it, it, so it, but it should still run in this 360. Is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I, I believe so. should it should. Yeah, if he, had a yeah. If, if he held on to oh, it. Man, I've never felt so uninformed on a show before. I really don't know the answer to that. Let's see. Second run-on name, a man riding a woman riding a motorbike, says <laughs> there is quite a few games still trapped on the N64, and most of them probably deserve to stay there. <laughs> One that I would rescue, however, would be Mischief Makers by Treasure. Oh, yeah. Uh, that needs an HD remake. No one in my house had heard of or asked for this game, but Toys R Us's clerk recommended it to my mom. Brett. The game had a baffling storyline and a unique grab-and-shake gameplay mechanic accompanied by an earworm that's stuck in my head to this very day. Michael, I think there's a link there if you can play it. Shake, shake. Yeah. Shake, shake. Every time you pick <laughs> up something and, and shake the, the, the thumbstick. Shake, shake. Shake, shake. I oh, love that shit. Okay. Yeah, her name is Marina Lightyear. She's a an android with goat legs who has to save her professor creator. And it's by Treasure. It's awesome. Yo, uh, we got a Chris Treasure. Baker comment. Hell yeah. yeah Seabake says... On the official Laser Time community on Facebook says, I'm going to go outside my typical superhero slash Star Wars game wheelhouse, of which there are many that apply to your question, mm. and answer with something that could and should actually be re-released. Sega's completely underappreciated turn-based strategy RPG Dark Wizard. Oh. The game single-handedly <laughs> both turned me on to its genre and justified the $250 in 1994 money I spent for wow. a Sega CD. It was the first game I ever remember being touted for its hours of play, 150, which might be true after you've mastered all four campaigns, and had an epic scope that seriously made Final Fantasy Tactics feel disappointingly small when it came out to the point I only dabbled in FFT for a few hours. The way Dark Wizard handled things like character class upgrades and world map conquering remains unmatched by anything I've played since. All that said, the game needs some serious modernization in terms of UI to be something anybody today would want to play. But that can totally happen! Keep the same basic design, update the graphics, overhaul the user experience, boom! Newly revitalized franchise, ripe for sequels, that never happened when they should have. If only we knew someone at Sega. <laughs> Dude, if you think I have that kind of power here, you yeah. are sorely mistaken, my friend. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Patrick uh, McClafferty says, SNES Goof Troop will always be together. No idea why Capcom didn't include it in the Disney Afternoon Collection. That's a good point. Among other things. <laughs> it was like I, one of I, Shinji Mikami's first games. Right. Oh my gosh. But I, I, I remember I was I was sort of adjacent to that. I wasn't there at the company, but uh, I remember they were. They thought the Little Mermaid might belong in that collection too, but it just didn't fit in with a Disney Afternoon theme. No. And this is a Super Nintendo game, and not an NES game. It was not uniform, but like, yeah, you're right. Like, mm. it should see the light of day some way or another. And um, here, here's the like. The really weird thing, I am not sure. 
I am not sure Disney needs Capcom to be involved in re-releasing this at this point. I don't know what the legality is there. I really don't. Uh, the di- our digital Eclipse friends might have more perspective on that because they just announced uh, shit. What are they? They just announced like a, 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 a what was it like a franchise spanning game that includes something from a bunch of different publishers and developers. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure. I, every time I think about like what what is the holdup on something like that, I think of Mickey Junk Mountain and Epic Mickey, which has all the box art from every game ever released to that point with Mickey in it, with the developers' names erased and the platforms' names erased off the box. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know how much they own that in perpetuity. I can't imagine it's a hundred percent, but it's probably not a lot. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I would imagine Capcom owns the game, but only under license from Disney. And if they wanted to re-release it without Disney, they would probably have to completely overhaul it to remove any trace of Disney characters. I would only disagree to, like, I always compare games in this period were merchandise not unlike beach towels and action figures. Mm -hmm. Anything that was on a beach towel is still owned by Disney, and no one can release that without their permission. But the company can still re-release those same beach towels so long as they don't have the Disney characters. That's true. That's true. They could could, could be the the best old-school Dragon's Dogma game you've ever ever played. Yeah, or remaking Mickey Mouse Capeta's Dragon's Dogma. You have a pawn telling you at all times. You have a companion. It works. It, it, it totally works. Yeah. I think the reason when we've seen that happen, I don't think it's because, like, Disney owns the rights to the entire game outright. It's just, like you said, in order for Capcom to release that thing, they need to get Disney's permission. And so Disney's like, look, we're another publisher is doing this thing. You either get some money to release right. this to us, or you get nothing. I and so for the Capcom, they're like free some money. I am on Matt's sure. side. Okay. I think they yeah, reach yeah. out as a matter of good faith, but I'm not sure they legally have to. I really am not. No, they do. They do. Yeah. They, to to release the game code, they would have to, yeah, unless Capcom signed the worst licensing deal known to man. Dude, absolutely, they, they did. The all game. of all of them did. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> they did. Could be. Yeah, could I, be. I'm Let's not see. sure. I, I'm really not sure. And I asked when I was there, and I did not get a good answer. So I don't know. Let's see. Doug DeFratis says, as Thank a Saturn you. aficionado, I'd normally say Panzer Dragoon Saga. But since that one is already taken, I will say Burning Ranger. Yeah. It's a cool space firefighting game with procedurally generated aspects. It's a concept that Sonic Team never went back to but could look amazing on modern hardware. And if I can, I'm going to plug a very easy to figure out episode of Paducah and I'm on for their future episode. 100th episode, and we were trying to figure out from this game if there are other evil firemen games. And I yelled Burning Ranger. (laughs) Uh, Burning Ranger, you could be evil. Could you? I don't remember, actually. No. (laughs) I don't, like, that game was all about rescuing people. You know? It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo Chavez says, Kid Icarus Uprising. This deserves another shot ported to the Switch with dual stick control. Mm. Masahiro Sakurai, on his current YouTube series, has gone over the development of the game and has mentioned he would like to see it ported multiple times in his various videos. Yep. Yeah, I was just about to comment yeah. on his comment like Sakurai is like yeah this I worked my ass off on this game and it's on the worst platform 
Yeah, the worst uh, thing mm-hmm. about that game was its awful controls mm-hmm. and the fact that like you had to use that included stand with your 3DS mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. do anything with it. Works so well for the Virtua Boy, might as well do it again. That's what they were thinking. <laughs> but it's it's the only 3DS game that I know of that they built like a, a not a it's not a new control scheme. It's a mount for your hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awful. It's really yeah. bad. And this is coming from a guy who worked on Guitar Hero on tour. The handheld version of Guitar Hero. It's such a good game, ripped. though. I love that. I love that version. It was amazing. It was that amazing. Was yeah, uh, I, I love that game. It, it just that like this is like. They did all that because it didn't have a second analog stick. Your options are out yep. there. Please. Yep. Kid Icarus Uprising. Mm-hmm. It's a great game. Oh, uh, uh, let's say from the Twitter, as I can steal from Twitter. Matt. Um, Jackson Edwards says, uh, the recent announcement of Ghost Trick coming to Switch got me thinking about other DS games that are trapped in the system and two come to mind. Okami Den and Elite Eat Agents. Both are Ooh, games I had yes. fun with, and I think people should rediscover, especially Okami didn't. And Chris says, especially Elite Beat Agents. Yes. As far yeah. as the, 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 the music games go, Looney Tunes Mayhem, or whatever it's called, it's, oh, they don't license a single song. They're all classical, like William Tell overtures, but they're what Looney oh, Tunes yeah. used. Uh, but it is Elite, Elite Beat Agents is so funny. It's so fun. Yes. It's also the only game that made me think I might break my DS because I was tapping the touchscreen so often and so hard to the beat of the game. I'm like, I might damage my system on this because this game slaps. Yeah, if if, if Blackberries were more prevalent when that game came out, people would think I'm the boss of the biggest corporation ever and tapping so hard. Ah, Where's my email? (laughs) (laughs) Agree, Jason Edward. Jackson Edward. Uh, at Bruce Wayne Brady, hey, says, I know it would be a licensing nightmare, but I'd have to get uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. It's stuck on the Wii, and I sold my console before I saw a copy of the game in a Walmart months later. How else can we have Beautiful Joe fight 70s anime characters from Gachaman? I agree. It, it was a cool one. Yeah, I just, I, I want to point out uh, that that, was a miracle when it happened, and it feels like a miracle now. But that is only because of what would you call that? Um, skittish Japanese licensees, licensors. I forget which one they are. But like, uh, man, I loaded up Pluto TV, and I'm watching like they ha- added a Godzilla channel with every Godzilla movie, even ones that have never come to America, and like they're getting over that. Like, uh. The Japan is like thinking a little more globally with with this kind of stuff, and um, it's not. But I think I think this is more Capcom. I don't know that they would make money on that game if they released. They didn't make it, it the like, first time, but but it's right, right. But it's uh, you know, if if we weren't like we have a Patreon episode about AI and what I think AI is going to be used for, whether you like it or not, is porting games, uh, and, and porting game code. That is where you won't bat an eye and complain because it's taking jobs because like there wouldn't be the money to make this game otherwise. And I, I do think that's never been sorry yet. Listen to that Patreon episode because like, that's where it's like the only ethical version of AI is like, this won't exist unless it happens like this. A fan could do it. A fan could do it and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, bring it out on a modern platform. So well, they already have maybe, <laughs> it's probably- but it's, it's totally possible. 
And, and, and Tatsunoko versus Capcom is so fucking cool. And I'm saying this as someone who rescued uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom Fight 6 being field destroyed, hoping oh, no. they'd be worth money and put my cat through college at some point. And are but, they? Uh, no, even even now, like, man, it went from one hundred dollars to two hundred dollars yeah. over twenty years. <laughs> great, great. So I, I know I'm weird, but every time I hear someone say something was field destroyed, I just think of that scene in Office Space where they go out and destroy yep, the fax yep. machine in the middle it's, of a it's field. It's what it's based on. Sometimes there, I, I think in this case they might have been blown up. Hmm. I'm not kidding. Oh my god, I'm, I'm not kidding. But field destroying when I worked at Suncoast, I remember. I was I was so afraid to disobey the rules or like ah it's June these Simpsons Christmas ornaments didn't sell take them in the back break them apart with hammers show me we'll take a picture send to the licensees and then throw them in the dumpster mm-hmm. and I yeah. saved one mohead because I was too afraid to not do my job but it, yeah you do have to break this stuff yeah I I had a similar experience at Office Max I remember like. Uh... It was when I had just gotten like a CD burner and was burning a bunch of um, legitimate software, and uh, <laughs> but so I was I was working at an Office Max and I was in the back room and I noticed that like there's like a perfectly good package of CD wrong like CDRs that have just been opened and the posted on them says cannot write data to these CDs. Whoa! And it's just like. I know, I am like 99% certain some computer illiterate person bought these thinking that they would just be able to write to them if they popped them in their regular CD-ROM drive and then Mm. decided it's the CDs that are defective. So now they're sitting there next to the industrial uh, crusher that's, you know, in our back room and marked for destruction. I remember like asking my manager, like, hey, can I just keep these? Because they're probably still good and he's like no no we have to destroy them contractually and it's like then i thought about stealing them it's like but he knows i asked about them so now i can't yeah, yeah, get away yeah. with it if they go missing i the, the most famous thing i know from knowing people involved that was field destroyed mm-hmm. when back to the future the ride the speaking of the patreon mad episode that we did uh uh the other week the back to the future the ride deloreans were very intentionally destroyed so they oh, wouldn't why? Uh, Why would they do that? It's incredibly shitty. They but really it's, hated it, DeLoreans. No, I, to be honest, I, I I don't know if it's for any other reason than like um, that. In this case, like let's say Universal decides to sell them, and how much of a cut do they give? How much of a cut do they give Zemeckis or Bob Gale? Or uh, but but like. No one wants to figure that out, so destroy them so it's it's undisputed. No one can sell these. But prove me wrong or prove me right. Have you ever seen anybody own a Universal Ride DeLorean? And I have not, and I've looked. No, nope, just uh, a real they, one. They were, they were yeah, you, it's easier to find a real DeLorean than it is to find those, right? The, the doom buggies of the Back to the Future, because <laughs> it's hard to get them out of the park, man. It's super restricted, and uh, those were totally destroyed. All right. Shame. Well, we have one more uh, video response from Gallatin Carhart, Gallatin who says, Carhart. Good morning, VGA. I'm out here. Oh, the dolphins. Y'all see that sucker right there? There's two of them. I think there's three at least. Oh, they were flopping there a second ago. I'm sure there's a better term that old Cody Laveau knows better than I do. Ah, shoot. Where'd y'all go? 
See that sucker right there? Anyways. Yeah, good morning, for audio format. Matt sure Alex, do see that why sucker. Why are you kayaking on the beach? Because the beach is the beach. And you throw an anchor. Yeah. Yeah, this man. is what I do. He's Put an anchor in the water. It's about 15 foot deep. And then I can just chill. And way out that way, you can't see her up in that storm. The oldest one is out there. Who's not only the local FFA chapter president. She's the... Na uh, the uh, regional vice president of FFA statewide. And then she's also the Kentucky state vice president of 4-H. Killing it. Anyways, that's all I'm doing. That's the house over there, that green top house over there. And it's last day on the old Georgie Island. So anyways, answer this week's question of the week. Game you like re-released. I'm going to tell y'all. I would love to see, uh, you know, I love me some Pokemon games. I love me some animal games. I'd love to see uh, Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon get put out on the Switch. I know it's not that old, but still, make your money. Make your money, Pokemon Nintendo. Make your money and re-release that sucker. Anyways, fellas, I got to go. I got to at, at least eat one dozen, maybe two dozen oysters before I leave this island in the morning. So, y'all take it easy. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Gallison Carhart. Mm. Your water looks disgusting. You should learn to surf. And if you're going to be in the kayak, fucking row, don't drop Fuck. anchor. Uh, oh, my God. Get a real ocean. Stop insulting Chris's state. <laughs> I don't care about my, but the Gulf of Mexico is way better than anywhere Matt's is, ever been. Is that on Gulf side, or I was going to ask you, is that Gulf it's or Gulf Atlantic side? side? Well, okay. and, there's, and there's a barrier island, so it's never been. Never mind. Forget this exists. Nobody okay. talk sure. about St. Okay. George Island ever again. Okay. I want a house there, and it's down to three million. Mm. And our Patreon is wow. doing great. So, <laughs> so. just th just think of how cheap it'll be once it's underwater. Uh, but you'll, that's the thing: there's a barrier island. You'll you'll save enough on that there's house purchase. You're not to, listening. To, there's a barrier island that'll yeah, take no, the thing. When it floods, you'll save enough on the purchase to also buy a Titan submersible to... Uh, oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure barrier islands don't uh, protect against rising sea levels, Chris. Just against tsunamis and waves and that sort they of thing. They do, actually. That's why we keep dunes here in our state, Matt. Uh, <laughs> all you got is cliffs and Ford commercials. Hmm. <laughs> you you clearly have not been to a Southern California beach. It's very I obvious. have I have Santa Cruz San and uh, uh, that's not Southern California. No, no, no. That's, I was, still, that, that's just the, the 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 only place you can go without a wetsuit. It's a, the the highest place you can go without a wetsuit. Um, yes, maybe. But I've been to the LA yes. beach too, and it's cloudy and it sucks, and the water is forty degrees all year suck a dick that's not true at all that's yeah. not true at all we don't have any la listeners true. who can prove me wrong <laughs> so they won't listen to one of my best friends so i definitely <laughs> want users to chime in <laughs> uh new question of the week uh since xbox live gold is going away what's your favorite xbox live gold online gaming memory um that's a pretty broad question uh no, i guess i'm when I first got Xbox Live, was probably the most active that I was on the service, mm -hmm. and I remember uh, well playing a lot of Mech Assault with that that newfangled microphone. That was pretty cool, and yeah. also uh, playing with a friend from my hometown 
uh, Capcom versus SNK2 and learning from him that, like, oh, you can recolor the character sprites to to make and then rename them. And he had, like, a zombie version of one of the SNK characters he called Zombor. So I took, um, you know, Raiden slash Big Bear, the, the masked wrestler, and I made his entire outfit flesh colored. And I renamed him El Nudo. Uh, so he is a big naked wrestler. Uh, my, Michael, I am, I am going to see someone this week who we sort of met through Capcom SNK2 over at Really? Blah, blah. Yes. Hmm. I mean, who I haven't seen in eight years. Sorry. This is, uh, this is combining an off mic conversation. But uh, okay. yeah, like that that was really big because it was the first like fighting game that implemented all, all of that. Because... Yeah, mm. yeah. It, it, like that's why people want the re-release so bad because it, it created this incredible community over Xbox Live. Damn, nice. So my memory is—I don't know if it's my most like uh, fond memory or anything. It's the—it f- is the only time I can honestly say that I griefed a player online. So this is early, oh, early no. days of Xbox Live. The game. The Italian Job, one of the first online games on any console, other than my first online console gaming experience was probably Choo Choo. It's what, it's what Matt has, calls it when he when I blow him. That's right. No, it's <laughs> the Italian Job. But Not I just to be remember confused like, with the Rockstar PS One Italian. That job that is crazy. Different, that that Choo Choo Rocket this was an Xbox Choo Rocket yeah. was the big launch for uh, Sega Sega Online's experience for online in in the states yeah. at least. But so. Um, so, but the thing with the Italian job, not necessarily a memorable game, but I just remember it was the first time where, like, you're on there, everyone has the headset, and I'm playing with, you know, 10 or whatever. There was, like, the matches had, like, 10 or 12 players who are supposed to all be racing, but there was also, like, a, I want to say, like, a keep away King of the Hill type mode or whatever. And it was the first time I remember everyone just knew we decided to just gang up on this one guy. And I think he was kind of being a little shit or something on the headset. And so everyone just started griefing this one guy in a match. And I feel guilty to this day. This is one of my 12 steps. I apologize to you, sir. You're probably 40 now. I'm sorry for griefing you in Xbox Live, the Italian job. But it was the only time I have griefed online. I've never done it since because I felt so bad. But it was memorable being able to do that and seeing yeah. the power at our fingertips. And I resisted it's, the dark it's, side. It's, it's also weird to, like, is it 20 years since Xbox Live debuted? 20 years since Xbox Live debuted. Yep. Uh, mine is dirty. But, um, you know, like, I, 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 I had a ton of friends at the time who I met through Counter-Strike. So I'm playing games, and that slowly implemented microphone technology. Like, either you have to use okay. it through TeamSpeak, and then eventually I remember... You could, but it was bad. It was really bad. So, like, mm-hmm. the, the idea, I was excited for my Xbox to, like, make this good, and they fucking did. Like, everybody's mic kind of uniformed, no one's super loud, you can easily mute people. Xbox Live did that, because this totally existed in the PC space, but you would have to use a third-party app, uh, and... Ventrilo. Yeah, Ventrilo. Uh, TeamSpeak, I even remember. Team speak, um, yeah. But, but yeah. like, Xbox Live was, like, I remember it came with Tetris Worlds, and, like, obviously Tetris is addictive, but, like, th- there were, I, I honestly now I re- recognize there were so few people on it. Anytime I logged on, I, I would know somebody. <laughs> and then my, uh, I was dating someone who was a bit of a, I, I want to say a beautiful freak. I, I know I've told the story before. Uh, mm-hmm. But she wanted to like 
do stuff so people could hear. So we we didn't like it, everybody was over uh, twenty, and yeah, we fucked. Around, uh, put the headset on her, who no one knew, and had a little sexual experience. <laughs> I've never done anything like that before or since. It was just like the the sheer novelty of the Xbox Live headset uh, was more. What was the game? I'm trying to remember that used the cameras for the first no time on Xbox Live, and then it just became Uno. known as was it Uno, where it's yeah, like no yeah, cameras. there was basically people doing coke and having sex on it, camera. It's pre on Xbox it's pre 360, but like it wasn't my thing. But like she was really into that the idea of people hearing her do stuff. And um, I remember we would talk all day and night, and I've never heard those friends of mine in Tetris World so silent. It was awful <laughs> in hindsight. Awful. What were they doing? Were they recording it? Uh, did they have an early version of Audacity? But the likelihood is that they were jerking off or shocked that this was happening. Uh, wow. But yeah, yeah, I had sex on Xbox Live. I've never done that. I've done a lot of shit, and I'm not against doing it again but i've never had any kind of sexual experience on the internet shared with people other than the, <laughs> the yeah. demo version of xbox live now you're sharing it with the world I, i've done it before Every, people have heard this i've heard this yeah. story matt's before, bored yeah. remember chris the internet is forever unless you do it professionally in which case everything you do will be deleted within 10 years uh or i could get up and complain about cancel culture all day long because uh, I said a bunch of terrible shit and don't have any responsibility. <laughs> All right. All right. So what is your favorite Xbox Live Gold online gaming memory? Let us know. Go to VigilGameApocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 533. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There will be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. That has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Once again, listen to Zanzizi podcast. Uh, Brian Herrig's on it. I'm on it. Uh, but Chris, what, what else we got? 302010 this week. Um, we just talked about the 30th anniversary, or 20th anniversary of KOTOR, if you're a game fan. Mm-hmm. But um, this week, nice. I'm going to go real hard for Conehead. So... Mm. I'm in the minority. The movie, not not the SNL sketches. The, the movie. movie. I'm assuming. I think the movie is the great. Movie. Good soundtrack. Be, be a good Excellent slogan soundtrack. for a T-shirt. I'm hard for cone yeah. heads. It'd be totally in, uh, like no one would bat an eye. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I I think I, I like the parts it. that were recycled from SNL sketches, and then the rest of it is eh, it's a family comedy. It was just more that it has 16 SNL cast members in it, mm. and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's produced by Lauren Michaels and written by SNL writers. And I know more than ever now during the strike how much work those people put into things. But it's just like, yeah, during the summer, like, it, it, it's a cool showcase for people. Like, uh, that would be really neat to see come back, uh, especially if it was. I know, but I love it. I love it so much. And I, again, Matt, to we had a dork collector conversation there's something yep. in there that relates to Coneheads, which I almost did. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it's very. Yep. Dumb. So yeah, that's on bonus time where we. 
I went to visit. It was like a Disneyland auction for memorabilia, some some guy's private collection. We talk about that for over an hour and a half at least. Yeah. And then we also did one where I visited Tokyo Disney Sea, and we did mm-hmm. an entire bonus time just talking about uh, the the bespoke park that only exists in yeah, Japan. Yeah, there's, there's, and, and there's it's sort of amazing. Gonna be about a, a, a show uh, like a more than one show every week on bonus time for a little bit. And um, oh, nice. Uh, JR and I are doing the AI thing where I, um, yeah, where we talk about AI from an, not only an older perspective, but like we're using it. So I hear, I just heard a bunch of people on the left, like this technology sucks and will never replace actors. And like, this is available right now. You should be afraid. Like there's a lot of people who can be replaced by this (laughs) and nobody would notice. It's it's horrifying. Yeah, Ugh, I don't like to think about it. Um. Mm-hmm. And we're using it for fun, by the way. No one is yeah. using it to do the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. I know it probably sounds like that some weeks, but uh, no, we're, it's still us. We're <laughs> no, live. It's, we're yeah. not phoning it in. I we're mean, like very you, you put the idea, and we were talking about it, and, and like I was like, "Here's a fake clip of Matt saying something," and you're like, "Now do Michael," and like, <laughs> and and, uh, and and then like Matt's like. What if you put this all in a show, like our chat? And it's the only chat I've ever saved of ours. Hmm. But, oh. but, uh, well, I, when I put those clips up for you guys alone, I was like, I'm deleting these immediately because I feel yeah, terrible, feel like dirty. putting bo- words in your mouth. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Well, I did I threaten to sue it. your ass. <laughs> no, no, but like, there, there is that. Like, I can make you guys say horrible things because we all have audio of one another. You guys do yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Just listening to the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you can do whatever you want with it and like it's it's I think it's far scarier uh well we're not giving you permission to do whatever you want with it just no 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 no, no. but I'm just saying that like the, the I'm, writer, I'm saying to the listeners <laughs> the writers and actor strike well I mean thank God for your game music but like mm-hmm. uh the writers and actor strike um is about a lot more uh than just pay it's like it's the first time millionaires can be replaced with technology it's it it's not going to happen tomorrow, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, five years. Like, the shit that's happened in six months with the, the the software I've been using, you should be very afraid. Very afraid. I think part of my problem with it, and I know you have an entire bonus episode dedicated to this, is like, what is everyone's obsession with permanence? Like, look, actors get old and die. We don't need to maintain the same actor to be in every movie in perpetuity. Like, that's yeah. bullshit. Like, but as long as, you know... But also, if they're Indiana getting Jones paid 5. For their, <laughs> yeah, if they're getting paid for their likeness, if they're consenting to it, then fine. That's not really the issue. The idea is that studios... Like, one of the things that was brought up multiple times with that whole... Uh, with, with the strike is that studios wanted... Like background actors, extras mm-hmm. that appear in the background, yeah. they they wanted to be able to let's just pay them for a day's work. We'll scan in their faces, and then we can use them in whatever way we want. Yep. Not only throughout the film, but in perpetuity mm-hmm. in, in any yeah. project without their consent. We'll never need to hire another. Yeah, they'll never be in yeah. focus. Yeah. It won't matter. Uh, but but it's it's more than that because it's a. Uh, my experience in, in in writing for entertainment, like uh, people who understand demographics, know what they want. You come to them like we want a sitcom that reaches this demo. It's a family, and they uh, uh, have a black friend, and all that shit. It, and like that's the kind of stuff they can feed into these systems. 
and and it would eliminate showrunners, it would eliminate writers, and like, I'm sorry, most network television shows seem to be like working on formulas already. They're totally boring to me, but they were a way a lot of actors and writers made their living, and I, I, I think they'll never mind, never mind. But like, I, I think they would, they will only harm themselves in this, you know, medium I love by incorporating AI and. Um, it's. I think it's worse than people expect because most people aren't expecting greatness all the time, you know? All right. Well, um, I guess if that's it, then uh, as always, you can visit us online at VidgeGameApocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. Follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. This Christy guy, Chris Christie guy is gay. I walked into a room. Everyone said this Christy Christie guy is Everyone gay. Everyone says it. Everyone yeah. says it. He, th- he somehow thinks that will I take like, responsibility off his shoulders. If he yeah. claims that everyone says it, he couldn't possibly be the asshole because everyone's saying this. Everyone said <laughs> people, people are saying, people are saying, people Chris saying. Christie. He's a fucking fat ass. We're not supposed to use that term. When did we stop being fat? We can't call ourselves fat anymore. We're pleasantly plump. I mean them, even (laughs) though I'm two pounds under morbidly obese.